Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Welcome to episode... 23 of Radio Free Istvan, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. I'm out of Texas. My name is Michael, and I got Ryan over here. Go ahead and say what's up, Ryan. How's everybody doing? And Ryan's fresh out of Indiana. Man, we're kind of, you know, we skipped that whole part on the last podcast. I know y'all were biting y'all's nails wondering where we were from. And here we are. We got yeah. you next now. You, you Sometimes you say I'm out of Indianapolis when I'm really out of Marksville, but I'm actually in Indianapolis right now. You see, dude, I'm just, I'm just not a very good source of information. Well, you're not so. from here. You're not from Indiana. <laughs> like, I like, I mean, I don't. Uh, you're in Victoria, Texas, but I don't really know where that's at. You see, I don't know how you know that. Like, I, I feel like if you were to say anything, you'd be like, "He's coming out of Houston, <laughs> out of Austin." <laughs> <laughs> like all the like all the foreigners. You from New York? New York City? You New York? <laughs> yeah. You Everybody know, you thinks know, you're from New York. You know Big Apple? No, sir. I'm from Texas. Everybody that's a foreigner that thinks of America thinks everybody dresses like a cowboy. Like, you talk to them, they're like, are you a cowboy? They like they love cowboys for whatever reason. Did you ever Did you ever listen to the uh, I Have Horse episode where we were on I Have Horse? And, like, th- have we ever talked about this? Like, like, the conversation that me and Josh had before we were on I Have Horse? Um, when it was just the, before I met you guys, like when I was on my yeah. way to Adepticon and you were on. Yeah. Like our, uh, I don't think we have our first episode of like Radio Free Van, like had it just dropped, right? We're still baby podcasting and, uh, me and Josh got invited onto the Eye of Horus to, I feel, I feel like we were supposed to talk about either Adepticon or, or Stiff 2 or something like that, but you were supposed to talk about Stiff cause I remember that. Yeah. I listened to this, I listened to this episode that you're discussing of Eye of Horus on my way to Adepticon. And then I, I, you know, I didn't know who you guys were at the time. I'd never watched any of your videos. I didn't, you know, never heard of you. And then we get to Adepticon and then the first game that I play, I'm with, I get teamed up with Josh (laughs) and you guys all have your shirts and shit on. And then I put two and two together that that's who you guys were. So, so, so you got that. So anyway, so, we're sitting there and like before Tim even like answers the phone, like we're sitting there we're like, dude, how like rude are we going to be with our quest? Like how ignorant do we want to sound with our questions? Cause we really don't know. Like we don't know. Like we don't want to be like, Hey man, how many kangaroos are like, you know, like you don't want to be like that dick. That's like questioning well, some culture. You don't well, understand. We are. I mean, we are Americans. I mean, how much can the rest of the world like hate us? We're like the we're like the patriot like we're like the New England Patriots of countries. Well, I'm just saying, man. Like, you know, like like Tim and Tim and Michael, man. I Horace, they're like OGs, man. They're like heroes in 30k. Like they're like celebrities in the horse heresy world. And so, like at the time, man, we we're like starstruck. So we we, we didn't want to come off like not cool and like be like, 
yo, man, I heard y'all had a lot of snakes. And Tim's like, oh, you're those kind of guys. Like, <laughs> like, hangs up on us. Like, never mind. Click. And so, like, we were, like, kind of worried, like, how we were going to, like, were we going to tiptoe or, like, how are we going to talk to Tim and my, like, how are we going to talk to Tim about this? And, like, Tim comes on. He's all cool. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, glad, glad to get you guys on. Uh, just so we can get some, like, just so we can get some stuff out of the way. I'm sure y'all have Australia questions, just like I have Texas questions. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thank God. Let's go ahead and knock these out real quick. <laughs> and so, so yeah, man, it was like, I just, I think about that all the time. Like, well, we talked like, cause when me and you were on there together after Adepticon, um, but I still think it was before that me and you started doing this podcast together. Um, we had talked on the phone a couple times, me and you, since then, and then we were both went on Eye of Horus to talk about Adepticon. Right. And we we were bullshitting before because we were joking about, you know, meat. Like, I that was the day that I, like, grilled a bunch of meat and shot a bunch of guns and then was airbrushing and then went out and shot more guns. And, like, we blew Tim's mind about our firearm laws and stuff. <laughs> no, no. And then he told us that, what, what was it, like, crossbows are illegal and we're like what <laughs> you can't even have crossbows we get those when we're four years old my cat has uh, a crossbow that's funny but yeah i don't know why we i don't know what brought that up but yeah uh i think the questions you had about texas was like what our guns laws were like and then uh probably probably about like western shit i feel like that's a pretty pretty big i mean like do we have legal weed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, we're we're like now we're like all members of the uh, this like secret message chat group to everybody yeah. out there listening. Like every like seriously, all you people listening right now, if you've heard of the Varangian Heresy, the Northern Heresy, uh, the Eye of Horse podcast, CZ Initiative podcast, uh, the Age Geno Five Two, <laughs> the Age of Darkness, all those podcasts. We're in this like giant Facebook message group that goes on all fucking day, all day and night actually. Like I wake up in the morning, like because they're in different time zones, so it's like this massive long, like messages from Sweden and Australia and the UK and fucking Canada, like just everywhere, just like nonstop, just podcasters talking to each other. So like now we like we know each other like really well. Like we have like we see pictures of each other's stuff and like. I feel like every other stuff by models, not like nut sacks. And st- well, I guess we do see. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, a, a, a nice pair of junk will run past, and you just yeah, gotta go with it. Hey, I, I spotted a nipple. That's a nipple. <laughs> That's <laughs> I see it. <laughs> but yeah, man, I feel like everybody else out there, like the Swedes especially, like every time they take a picture of something, I'm like, fuck, is that a postcard? Did you just take a picture of a fucking postcard? Nope. It's like, nah, man, this is a barbecue joint that we go to. I'm like, man, our barbecue joint's got broken down cars in front of it. Yeah, pretty nice. They're always they're always posting cool pictures of pretty scenery. Yeah. I, I sent him a picture one time of Texas and it was a tractor driving in the road. I was like, Yep. This is what I have to deal with in the morning on my way to work. Oh, good lord. I I could send you some good ones from here. You would die. Well, I was telling you about some of the stuff I saw today before we started podcasting. I'm telling you. Like I, I think I sent them a picture one time of a flag. It said no bomb on the back of it, and they were just like cruising along, <laughs> like just ignorant people. Man. Like, <laughs> just, love my love my state though. Never leave. But 
But yeah, I don't know how we got on that discussion. Whatever though, love it. Yeah. So how's life been treating you, man? What you been working on? Like, how's let's get some some Warhammer, some 30k talk. There's a lot well, to talk about. We got so much to talk about. We do. We got a ton to talk about. So you want to give uh, a teaser real quick, like in case they decide to stop listening now? Should we tell them like how we're gonna break this down? Sure. Shoot. Tell them. All right, guys. So of course we can do hobby progress like we always do. That's gonna happen. That's just how it works. Uh, then Ryan's got some Michigan GT talk. He's gonna talk about. But he's not gonna give the whole thing. Like he's he's like got a uh, uh, what's called a media contract with the I Forest guys. So if you want to listen <laughs> to the whole like how his experience went, he's gonna he'll be on I Forest the next I Forest talk about that. Well, uh, maybe not the next one. I haven't got with Tim yet, but I did promise them I would review it on their podcast. So I don't want to like you know give up the ghost on this one and kind of like undercut them. So I want to save some content for them. It's like a non-disclosure agreement. Like yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, you know, hey, media contracts and media contracts. That's how it works right. out. Uh, then we got an a we got Ben's list that we got to go over, and that is an Iron Wars list. Um, right. uh, no, hang on. Oh fuck! Cut the tape. It, uh, uh, it's a world leader. <laughs> a world world leader, leader army. That's right, world leader army. And then we have an Alpha Legion list that we're also going to be going over. Well, kind of. We got the other list we're going to go over is, uh, wait, let's see. I got a Sons of Horus list, and then the Alpha Legion one, we're just going to do some questions. Like, it's not Touch really days. going over the list because he just more had questions about it than me doing a list for him. Which is cool. Which is cool to touch base. And then, of course, we got some announcements that we have to go over, which we'll, uh, we'll go over a hobby progress, and then we'll go into some announcements. Then we'll go to Michigan GT, and then we'll go into to some sweet, sweet lists. Because you guys love sending us lists. We have so many lists. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's go to some hobby progress, Ryan. What you working on, man? What have you been touching base on? Okay, so I have my event coming up. I literally just finished the mission packet and sent it off to my, my little brother. Um, we give him tons of shit, but we love him. So he uh, is college uh, educated, unlike me. So he went through and edited all my stupid typos, you know, deleted all my run on sentences and shit like that and made it where, you know, like somebody who has a proper brain can read it and understand it. (laughs) So So did you write this in fucking crown? (laughs) Basically, yeah. Is this in chalk? Is this in in chalk? (laughs) So he, he just sent that back. I just got the, uh, it came across my little screen here. Hey, you have an email from Nick. So, um, so that'll be up. So I'm going to make a, uh, Facebook, um, uh, event on that and then post it on the, uh, indie 30 K page. So if anybody out there is close and wants to come, uh, I'll have the information up there and what I'll do. It's just a small local event type deal. So I'll just put, uh, you can just send me a, a message on uh, Facebook and um, we'll talk and I'll, you know, I'll send you the mission packet and all that stuff if you guys are interested in coming. So a lot of my local guys will be there. I think the, the maximum size we can do is roughly 26. And I think we got like 10, 10 or 12 people signed up so far, but we should get close to that 26 people mark, hopefully. And it's on November 5th. But uh, I'm going to throw the, like I said, the mission packet and all that is 100% done. So I was working on that a lot. And then I was working on terrain and models 
and little tokens and terrain and stuff I need for the event because uh, I wrote a lot of like what I think's pretty cool missions that I don't think uh, there's certain ones that I I think are unique that a lot of people haven't seen something like it before. So I had to like build models to represent some stuff to interact with. Uh, so I got all that stuff built and my other friend, um, Scott, I gave him a lot of it to paint just because I got some other crap to work on and he can paint super fast. And I gave, so I gave some to him and then I'm giving a few more to Dave who runs perpetual painting. So we know he paints fast, but and legit and legit. So, uh, I think this other guy, Scott, he's talking about doing, starting his own commission painting thing too, which would be good. Um, so I don't know if he does, we'll definitely plug him and put some more information out on there. So we just got back from Michigan GT. I gave him the models to paint at Michigan GT. So it's two Toroxes pulling trailers. Michael seen them. Love it. And then I sit, gave him uh, three cars to paint from War Games exclusive. So keep in mind, we left there on Sunday. Oh, about six in the afternoon. So he probably he had to drive all the way down to Kentucky. So he probably got home about midnight or one. He sent me a message, uh, nine p.m. today, and it's all done. It's all painted and looks good. Holy shit! I'll I'll send you pictures. I have a hundred percent proof. And he was like he was like I was bored today. I got all this done. I'm like holy shit, man. Are you kidding me? Like, did you even go to sleep? That's how Josh is, man. That's how that's exactly how Josh paints. Like, he'll be up at, like, 3 in the morning, and he'll just, like, shoot us a bunch of pics. Like, what do you guys think of these? I'm like, holy fuck. Like, did you just stay up just slamming? <laughs> so, anyway, I'll, uh, whenever we get done uh, recording here, I'll send you those uh, pictures, Michael, and you can uh, post them up in the feed, and we'll give Scott uh, Scott credit for painting them up for me. Heck yeah, dude. I'll definitely do that. Um. So, that's basically it. So... Because I had Michigan GT this weekend, uh, you know, I was just kind of like not getting carried away. I didn't really have anything specific to working on, and I was just working on my event. So I, I think like starting, like I was working on the rules for my event before we recorded the last podcast, and it took me all of that time and plus like most of last week. I think Wednesday and I think halfway through the day on Wednesday, I got done with them and send them to Nick for editing. And then like Wednesday night and a little bit Thursday, built those uh, four oxes and cars. Cause I know I knew I needed to have them done to give to Scott over the weekend. And that's really all I've done. Man. So, so lighter, lighter load than uh, you usually do Ryan, but of course, you know, I'm telling well, wait till you see this mission packet it is definitely not a lighter load. It's pretty, pretty off the hook. So the fact that you also got it like proofread, that's legit, man. Like that's, that's a that's a, that's a that's a nice that's a nice little gesture for your for your attendees. Well, we talked about it. I had to write thirty like thirty custom missions. God damn. So, I mean, it's a lot of work. And what's funny, I'm going to send this players pack out to people, and they're going to freak out because it's like forty or fifty pages long. But you got to remember, really, only about eight pages of that is like actual like event rules and how we're going to give out prizes and how to construct your army and all that. And I mean, even all that's not super vital. And then all the rest of it, you got to remember you're only going to play three missions, but I had to write 30. 
You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, a lot of that is just, like, it's more for me. I mean, I'm going to include it in the player's pack, but I don't expect everybody to, like, you don't need to read it. You know what I mean? You know you You really just do. need to read, read, like, the five pages and then just show up and you'll be good to go. Like, then you can just read the mission before you play whatever mission and play it. Um, I know, like, Adepticon doesn't even tell you the missions. They give you the mission packet when you show up the day of the event. Yeah. So... Basically, like I would imagine, if like the Adepticon guys, if they printed all their stuff out and made it available beforehand and gave it to you, it would be like extensively long and probably intimidating, like this will be. But it doesn't seem that way because, like I said, when you just show up to the table, it's already sitting there. So I am going to send out the whole thing for everybody to read it. But it's more for I wanted to do that. So even if you don't want to come, um, but you just are interested in how I'm running the event and how I did the missions and you know, want to steal ideas from it that, you know, more power to anybody that wants to use any of it. It's like, I'm putting it out there for anybody that wants to use it or play any of the missions out of it or do whatever. Nice. A little Ryan Kimmel care package. So, you know, what you should do. What should I do? So like, did you know in Goodwill hunting, uh, they like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, uh, when they wrote the script, they like in the middle of the script, they had a sex scene between the the two characters, like just a random ass fucking like gay sex scene. Okay. And the only reason they did that was to see which studios would actually read the script. And so, like the studio that read the script and brought it up and was like, "This is a good script." The only thing I don't understand is this like out of the blue fucking gay sex scene you have between these two friends like what is that about and they're like okay you got the like we'll, we'll go with you guys like you should like sneak inside that player pack like a sex scene or something like like a <laughs> <laughs> like the brad pitt splicing pictures of dicks and fight club into the the film and the movies yeah yeah you should like totally like splice something in and then whenever you get that guy that comes up and is like hey man uh i read your player pack uh why is there like this word like this six sentence uh this six word sentence that just says dick 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 like what is that about it's like, <laughs> all right you know what here's your prize bro like here's a, here's a free model you you won that because <laughs> you read your player pack by the way man as many events as we've held nobody's ever fucking read the player pack like it just doesn't happen no, I know. That's what the I was talking with uh, Tim from I of Horus, and I was t- I was telling him about how big our player pack is, and he was like, "You, you have wasted your time, <laughs> <laughs> you sir." People people read it the day of about the missions they're playing, and only when a rule comes up, like they don't give. A- <laughs> Yo, pretty much. So, I remember at like stiff two, like pretty's like, did nobody fucking read the player pack? Because we were asking him questions. <laughs> Like, yeah, and we were the tos. We're like, hey, pretty, how does this work? It's like, did you well, not read well, the player pack? See, that's the other thing. The other reason it's so long is because a lot of the missions I have to explain in a lot of details and cover rules and like gray areas because I've invented like new scenarios that aren't like covered by things in the core rule book. So, really? like, like where you guys are doing stiff and you're going to have fluffers and guys are at the table. I'm one man. I can't be at every table. So, I had to try to preempt that where players can regulate it themselves by you know it's like there's all the knowledge that they need to do what they need to do should be right there (laughs) like you basically uh are proactively thinking 
that things will go wrong in certain aspects. That's pretty. Oh funny. well, yeah, uh, you know, it's like herding cats, man. <laughs> so and plus, I mean, I'm uh, food is included for the event. My wife's gonna make like a crazy ass homemade meal with homemade dessert and shit, and she's like a chef, like an actual chef, like that's what she does for a living. Love so it. it'll be really good. But uh, she's, I'm gonna have to help, like, be her sous chef or prep whatever you know what i mean like help her out yeah so i need for like guys to basically be able to handle shit themselves why because i'm going to get them rolling get everything going and then i'm going to be making food you know so i can't have people running up to me every five minutes so makes sense i mean you know it's gonna happen but hey yeah it'll happen at least you did something right you did something i did something i'm proud of you but even if there's other you know if, if two other people on the planet you know, want to run an event and they need some mission ideas and they read through there and find one or two things they like. Hey, cool. I did something nice. It was so, all worth it. It was, it was all, all worth it. it. So anyway, got that done. Special thanks to Scott, Dave and Nick. Um, I know that one of those people listened to this at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting, so, dude. I'm excited for you. So what'd you get what, done what, hobby progress wise? Uh, well, man. So I've been. Oh, hang on, hang on. Good. I got the first pieces for my Black Shield army in. Ooh. Ooh. Now you can go. That That's was my. Other and yeah. what's funny is like Ryan won't tell y'all what he's working on, because it's nope. his secret Black Shields army. It's like secret. Shadow Shadow War Black Shields. Yep. They listen to this podcast enough. I'm sure they can guess the units that are in it. <laughs> They're going to go look at the order you placed. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I have been, unfortunately, I haven't been working on my army. I did get all the fins painted for the drop pods, which I'm pretty proud about that. Uh, They're <laughs> three color layered. I got all the doors done for all the drop pods I have, so... Uh, all together, that's like 21 Dreadnought drop pod doors. All those are done. Uh, all the fins for the drop pods are done. I just got to run the bases through the through my airbrush machine. Like I've got this whole system I have going where it's like, you know, primer, then flip it over, primer again, then red coat, flip it over, red coat. Like it's a whole system I have working out. But uh, on top of that, I've uh, I've been working on my display display board more as well now, and so I've I, I think we all know that I cast up the the Zomortalis six by six squares. Yep. So I've casted up about five of those now, and I have like eleven more to go. Which I really could just like like hunker down and knock them all out, but they just it gets all messy. Like it's just really hard to just like cast cast after cast after cast so i've been did you ever make any more of my leviathan bases uh yeah yeah i have like four of them there's some guys up here that want some if you want to make us some yeah i'll send them all y'all's way i can cast them up tomorrow if you want yeah take your time okay huge deal but i know there's a couple guys up here that would use them and if you guys out there are listening need some leviathan bases let me know i can scrounge some up for you 80 millimeter yeah custom Custom. custom ryan kimmel special <laughs> so uh so yeah man i uh i've been casting up those 
big chunks of six by six uh Zomortalis board and I reached out to Comrade Quiche hoping that he would make me a a door, but I haven't heard anything back yet. But I, I've got some work that I gotta do on that. Is I have till March to figure out how I'm gonna make these doors. Um but what's really cool is uh you got to see it and actually you guys who are listening will get to see it i'll post it up with the pictures uh and i talked about this last time chris wessling over at power played gaming like built me this custom straight up like wiring kit so i can have six leds per drop pod hanger and like okay i guess i should explain what i'm doing in case you didn't go back and listen to the other podcast uh, basically, uh, my entire Blood Angels army that I'm going to be running for Adepticon, so plan for this army, plan to fight this army if you're going to Adepticon and you're playing traders. Um, it's a Blood Angels drop pod dreadnought army, so I thought the best way to show it off at Adepticon would be a drop pod hanger. And so I got Chris over at Power Play Gaming. I explained to him what I wanted to do. I explained that I wanted six LEDs pulsing for each hanger door where these drop pods are going to be sitting on. And, dude, he fucking nailed it, man. He straight up, like, sent me the full wiring kit. He ran all the leads. He, like, it. I had to plug in five wires into their slots and get it, put a 9-volt to it. And the single 9-volt lights up all 40 of these LEDs, and they're super bright. You saw them. They're bright as shit. Super bright. And so, like, 30, 34 of them pulsate red, and then six of them pulsate uh, yellow because I'm going to have one extra door. So I'm, I'm, like, slowly working on that. That's, like, my, my big project. And uh, I actually need to figure out how I'm going to paint these Zomortalis uh, these, uh, tiles. I think what I'm going to be doing is I think I'm going to paint them like a tan, if that makes any sense. Like, instead of doing like a gray, like a dark gray, like a ship, I feel like, uh, have you ever seen like some of the Blood Angels interiors of like the rhinos and stuff like that? It's like that tan. It's like that real cream, that like real clean looking cream. Yeah. I feel like that's what a Blood Angels hanger would be. I feel like that's the color it'd be. I don't know. And I think that contrasts the red really well. Versus like a dark gray and a red. So, but yeah, man, that's what I've been working on. Been working on my display board and my Blood Angels. We actually talked about my Blood Angels a little bit. And uh, since I have this event coming up on October 22nd, yeah, October 22nd, uh, it's a like a bash between us TFL guys and another group in San Antonio called Goalers. And these guys are fucking badass for one. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be playing a game. And I think it's like a $20 entry and whatever, um, whatever club wins gets to donate that money to the charity of their choice. And so, uh, like I'm really looking forward to running this army. We kind of talked about my army before the podcast and you, you convinced me to drop my Thunderhawk. So, yeah. So, well, not like physically drop it. Just take it out of the list. Take it out of the list. <laughs> I. What's crazy is like I painted that Thunderhawk. Like that was my Ravenguard Thunderhawk, bro. <laughs> like that was, 
that was painted up like completely Raven Guard. And then that red, that that the red recipe you gave me, you're like, oh yeah, use you know, corn red, Mephiston red, bloody red. Yeah. It looked so good to me. I was like, I wonder what it looked like on that Thunderhawk. Sure enough, looks fucking great. Like there's no <laughs> you just it looks good on everything. I wasted so many pots of uh, corn corn uh red air and Mephiston red air. I just ran through those fucking pots like nothing just for that stupid Thunderhawk to get it painted up. And I was like, eh, <laughs> See, now I feel bad. Like, maybe you should put it back in. No. No, you're too convincing. You you, you look at everybody else's list, you know? If I could get if I could get 10 minutes of your time to look over <laughs> my list, I should probably listen. Uh, so funny. So, yeah, I expect to see three Leviathans. I bet you the Golers guys are listening to this, and they're like, oh, man, that dude's going to take Drop Pod City. They'd yeah. be right. You'd, you'd be right, <laughs> fellas. But, but, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Uh, I still have to work on my table for Stiff 3. Uh, we're officially at five months away now, and I feel like, oh, dude, I feel like it's only going to speed up. I'm not. I'm kind of worried, to be honest. Like, I know I know, I can get it done. I just don't know. Like, I don't want to spend, like, the last bit of my time trying to work on this this uh, graveyard table. Because I still got to make... Like, I've got most of... Like, pretty much the entire base is primered in dry brush gray, like, painted gray. And I have one dead Warhound on it already. And I still need to hit that Warhound up with that rust color that you, you suggested. That rust paint. Yep. But I also have to load up buildings. I have to, for one, acquire the buildings, and then I have to put buildings all over the place. Uh, and then I still have to put a warlord together to go on there, another warhound, and I ordered a mastodon to, uh, to crash in there as well. It's going to be a graveyard of just really expensive models is really what it's going to look like for Stiff 3. <laughs> it's going to be a good old time. Might crash the Thunderhawk in there. We'll see. Oh, uh, don't do that. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. That's some Mark Rayleigh shit right there. <laughs> Did you see how many crashed Thunderhawks they had at a... Uh, was it... Uh, what was that? Mark Rayleigh's event. Nova, Nova Open? Yeah, the Nova Open. There was like You were talking about it. I didn't see any pictures. I needed to go over there and look... There's like four Crash Thunderhawks, and like there's a Crash Thunder. Not, and I'm not talking about the Forge World tile of the Crash Thunderhawk. I'm talking somebody cut up like two Thunderhawks in half and used the two pieces to make wreckage. Like this, there's dead Thunderhawks all over the place on on all the all the pictures I've seen for Nova Open. Hmm. So I'm trying one of them up. With some Warhounds and Warlord and Macedon death. Cause that's a indication of how well you're doing as a hobby club. <laughs> what 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 <laughs> big... how many Macedons you can crash on your table? <laughs> how many Macedons you can crash on your table? Well, I told you as a joke, because I was the first one in our club to start buying heresy shit, like when it came out. Uh-huh. And so I sold off all my plastic space marine stuff. Literally got rid of every plastic space marine thing I owned. And with that money, bought, like, half of a heresy army. <laughs> and I started referring to, like, I would act, like, all snobby. 
like just being silly, sarcastic, of course. And I started call like every time somebody talks to me about Marines, I would like turn up my nose and be like, "Get away with, get away from me for, with those poor people, Marines." <laughs> <laughs> those pleb Marines. <laughs> pleb Marines. <laughs> There's no weight to this. What is this plastic? I only, only deal in resin. So they, as a joke, my club bought me a top hat and a monocle, like what? to wear. And it said something. Had like a dollar sign on it. And like where they would joke about like me calling them poor people Marines and shit. It was pretty funny. We need to pick up dividers, like room dividers, and take them to Adepticon. <laughs> so we so we can separate the forty K event from the Adepticon. Like the, first class and fucking yeah. coach. <laughs> from the thirty K event. It's like, excuse me, pardon me. Put up the partition. I'm tired of looking at the lessers. <laughs> Keep your axe body spray on that side of the room, fool. <laughs> It's Old Spice over here only. <laughs> we'll have like a, we'll hire a butler, just like walk around <laughs> serving drinks. Uh, I don't know, man. Now that they've gone and made horse heresy affordable, with all their betrayal of cow kids in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, man, that's it. Like, that's all I've gotten done. I feel kind of shitty. I mean, I this whole weekend I was out of town, so I didn't get to work on anything. You know, like, when you're out of town and you're thinking, like, when you're not at home, you're like, man, I could be doing this right now. I could have been doing that this weekend. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's how I feel when I go. I, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. That's how I feel how I uh, go on vacation. Like, we – because I leave, you know, and you're not at work. And then there's like all this like stuff you could be doing around the house or chores or whatever. And then you go somewhere and blow a bunch of money. And then every time I get back, I like look at the credit card bill or look at my bank account. And I'm like, oh my God, I'll never get that back. <laughs> and all I got are like the like 50 pictures to show for it. Are you kidding me? But she's the opposite. Like she, she likes all that stuff. It's like she's all about like it's the memory and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but. You know, like, we could add this, or we could add that. Or we, I don't know. Just different different strokes for different folks. Yeah, for sure. But man. it's one of those things where, where she wants to do it, and I don't really want to do it, so we compromise and we do it. <laughs> we make a compromise together, and we end up doing it. Yeah. We, make, we all make sacrifices, and we do what she wants. Yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, I, I basically I was in Austin this weekend, man. Like I don't regret going to Austin at all. I had such a good time, but I did get to go swing by one of the comic book stores. And what sucks is like when I used to go by comic book stores, like back in the day, like if I was out of town, it was a huge fucking deal because we didn't have any comic book store in town. So it was like load up on all the Games Workshop while you can. But like now you go to a comic book store and like, what can I buy? Like a cow kit? Like no, I don't need none of that. Like come on now. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's the only thing with this new, like, I'm not, I mean, I guess I can't really comment because I, we haven't, well, all we've seen are like the, you know, the white dwarf cover photo or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, as of right now, there's nothing in the box I really personally want. No, I can't think. I would, I would load up on boxes from Mark three Marines. I, yeah, but I already have, I mean, you've seen. My entire salamander army is like Mark. Like I have so much. I have Mark three coming out the wazoo. Like I don't need any more. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't. What, I, are, what are we looking I at don't. in the new box? We're looking at Mark Three Marines, Tataras, Daredeos, uh, what Garo said on the internet. There's a Daredeo coming in it. Well, we'll see if it's if it's the level of quality that the Contemptor is in Kalth, I'll pass. <laughs> if you could make a Daredeo look more static than it already does. <laughs> if you can make it look more like a toilet <laughs> that had sex with a bass boat. <laughs> I still got to make the gold Daredeo, dude. Like, I'm still planning on that. If, you, is, it, is it called the Golden Throne? Yeah, of course. It's like a giant golden toilet. I have four plastic contemptors that are like completely untouched by paint. I sent you two. I couldn't yeah. give them away. Yeah, those are the those are two of the ones I bought. Oh no, I have I have five plastic contemptors that I haven't touched. I forgot I bought two more. I bought two, got one from Ryan Bridges, and then two I got two from you. So I've got five contemptors that like. Good lord, all these plastic contemptors. And they're they're like I had to I started trimming down legs. Ugh. Somebody needs to make like posable legs for him. Yeah, right. they're called Forge World. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Do you see where those those uh night legs I gave away? I yes. What'd you think? Those are cool. You showed me those before when we you kept dragging me back to the, well, would this kill a warlord or would this kill a warlord? Or we so, talked about your night list and you showed me the legs and all that. So, you know, I ordered those legs like in preparation to build a night list to kill a warlord. <laughs> and like, those were like the test legs. I was like, let me order these legs. Like I got those legs on like pre, pre, pre order, like first run of the mill before they even got touched by resin. Like it was like they were 3d printed by comrade quiche. And then he like, sold them to uh soul dark and russia and all this stuff and like it was a whole thing and then like before like i ordered them like fuck yeah i'm gonna build this list it's gonna be all these like blood angel knights they're gonna kill warlords and then you told me about how shitty they like how quickly like five or six knights would die to a warlord <laughs> No, it's like nine knights, right? Like it's like nine. You'd fill nine knights against a warlord, or eight knights. I don't remember, knights. but it's just—I don't know. It's just—it's math. It's basically like I said. Like when you deal with a warlord, it's kind of a math problem. You can just do the battle on paper. You don't really even need to fight it. Yeah. So so like, anyway, we have this whole episode where we're talking. Like I'm picking your brain <laughs> about this warlord thing. So finally, I lose the interest in building this knight army. And on top of that, like, I get to watch Josh play a Warlord at a local Mega Battle. He was playing a Warlord, and then everybody at this Mega Battle thought, oh, shit, a Warlord's on the table? Let's put all of our knights on this side of the table so they can go run at the Warlord. <laughs> yeah, so how'd that like, work out? Like, six six knights versus one Warlord. <laughs> and that Warlord, <laughs> like, they didn't even make it halfway across the table. And I was, like, in my heart, I wanted those knights to get there so much that even though Josh, you know, my good, my good buddy, Josh, I was on the, like the other team whispering in their ear. I was like, you know, if you charge those units of space wolves right there with the knights, it'll lock them in combat. That means the warlord can't shoot at you. Like I'm like trying to, like, yeah, trying to help them out. It's like, just get that free charge, man. I know it doesn't make sense right now, but you just gotta, you gotta hide in knights. And so like, finally Josh hears what I'm saying. And like, 
He's like laughing. He's like, how the fuck does that work? Like, do you pick up the space wolves and like put them on your armor? Like, oh, no, you can't shoot at me. You can't. <laughs> you wouldn't hurt your own people, would you? <laughs> like, using using human shields, like human body shields, the space wolves are trying to run. Like, leave us alone, sir. Leave you know alone. what? You know, somebody brought this up. Like, they, you don't remember I was talking about my night killing tactic about surrounding its feet with chain fist terminators and all that? Yeah. So. Somebody brought something else funny up to me about my own tactic. So a super heavy walker, for one, that thing, you know, that we talked about that thing's not locked in combat, but it, there's no rules where it can move through those guys. So if you totally surround its feet or whatever, like it can't move. It can't step like, over you. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, it cannot. I mean, unless you, you know, decide to make some house rules or something like rules is written, it can't move. It's locked in place. And then because of the, it follows the walker rules and because you draw a line of sights from the end of the gun and this and that, it can't shoot you because you're too close. Right. Right. So what's even weirder is, so say you have other things on the battlefield and it's going to try to like shoot its guns at other things and then assault you. Well, you, a super heavy walker still has to shoot at least one of its guns at the target it wants to assault. So by standing around its feet like that, they can't shoot their guns at anything else. And it, because if they do, then they can't assault you. Uh, it can. It's got that Mueller, Mueller bolt cannon on the front. Oh, okay. See, I'm not familiar with... I've, I don't know about all the small arms on it. I just thought about the big arms. I, I'm not super familiar with where all the guns are on it and all that. Yeah, it's got a it's got an ass last cannon that's like right yeah. on its back, like a back hair. And yeah. then it's got like a, a a nipple ring Mahler bolt cannon that like faces okay. like straight down. It's like, it's like oh, okay, there gotcha. you go. So it could do that. It yeah. still wouldn't help it very much, but it would. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. No, I get. It'd work on a reaver though. A reaver doesn't have any weapons like that. That reaver be fucked in the butt. But anyway, I know how we got back onto this warlord conversation. Yeah. Because you, you like going there. <laughs> so, yeah, these night legs, man. Completely posable night legs. Uh, if you are listening to this and you're like, what? I need me some posable night legs. They're for the Questorus night. And uh, you, if you go to our, our Facebook page, the Forgotten Legion 30K, I posted the link on how to get them. It's from this company called Soldark. And they are some high-quality legs, guys. They're expensive as fuck, though. They're 60 bucks for the pair. So, yeah, that probably... Man, did you feel that? Did you feel like everybody that was listening going, "Oh, fuck that!" Like that was, I felt that. Like I felt that in the future. Man, like dude, people who play thirty k, like that's like nothing. Like I blow that money on bits and stupid conversion shit all the time. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, they're they're pretty dope. They're pretty. Do- it's uh, completely posable toes, completely posable legs. It's got the pistons like the Lancer and like the Serastis chassis have. Where like you like cut the pistons based on how far you bent the leg and stuff like that. They basically did that for the Questorus Knight, so you can have it like walking and like crushing somebody. Uh, I ended it up uh, like doing a contest to guess a number between one and two thousand, and I the number was seventeen seventy six, and uh, Dustin Clark actually uh, got it right, figured it out. So I sent it to him. And he said he has a buddy that's really good at painting knights and making knights. So he's going to send it to that guy. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. He promised me pictures. So 
cool. Really looking forward to seeing that. So, yeah. Speaking, of, okay. So that's all I got. But I'm like, we have a pretty big announcement that happened today, actually, this Monday. Do you want to announce it? Do you want to say what happened? Um, is it, are we talking about shirts? We're talking about shirts, bro. Well, you know more about it. Like, it was kind of funny. Like, they came up. Like, I seen. Like, it was like. Michael, not Mike, Montalongo, posts and whatever, and I click that on Facebook, and it's like, hey, these shirts are up. I didn't even know they were done. Boom. That's right. So I found out, like, there was people that had already commented. So there were, <laughs> there were like, people, like, I didn't even, I was, like, not even really in the loop. I had, the last image I seen was, the like, the one that hadn't been colored yet. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I had to. You had to. I had so, no choice. So let's let's talk about them. Go ahead, you talk about them since I didn't know shit. Okay, so first things first, guys. Kurt, Kurt. I mean, I guess Kurt Metz. Kurt He's Metz. Fucking awesome. last name. Kurt Metz. If you don't know who this guy is, go to DeviantArt and look up Lord Solar. All right. He's Lord Solar on DeviantArt. I guarantee you've seen his work before. He has a whole Primark series that he did. Everything looks fucking legit. All of his art that he does is legit. And what's crazy is this dude understands the Warhammer 40K and Horus Heresy world. Like, he understands, like... He plays Horus Heresy with you, right? He plays uh, He plays 40K primarily right now, but he's starting a 30K army. Uh, he, he's... I just ordered him some models um, just to be nice for making this shirt for us, like, as an extra thing for making these shirts so he's uh starting to get some models to play uh 30k but right now he's plays 40k right so anyway so we talked to carrot right we get on a facetime call and me, me and ryan had already discussed like okay we want to have a radio free istvan shirt and we want it to like we had this idea of what we wanted it to look like and so we're, like, explaining to him, like, man, we want, like, two legionnaires underground, like, make them talking into, like, a microphone so that maybe they could, like, you, know, you could tell they're scared, like, you know, got to get the word out, got to have this emergency transmission out. And, like, it was so cool because he's like, yeah, man, I get it. I see what y'all are trying to do. That's cool. That's real cool. And, like, we're like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, he's getting it. Yeah, badass. And then he sends us, like, this rough draft, like, borderline pencil drawing. I'm guessing, like... He draws everything up on his computer or on, like, a tablet or something. He sends us his, like, rough draft. And, like, immediately I saw the rough draft. And I was like, oh, this is fucking badass. This is going to fucking kill it. And then he comes back and, like, does it, like, uncolored version. He's like, what what legions do you want? And, like, the fact when you just go, oh, Sons of Horus and Death Guard, please. And he, like, knows what colors those are and all that stuff. Oh, my God. It came out so good. If you haven't seen our shirts yet, like, I feel like. You know, you can go, you can definitely go to our Forgotten Legion page or it's a spreadshirt.com forward slash the Forgotten Legion 30K. And all of our shirts are on there. Uh, it's this awesome image of the this Sons of Horus and Death Guard guy underground. They're talking through a radio with all these wires and everything everywhere. And it says Radio Freest Van across it. And uh, on top of that, like on top of everything else, like on top of this badass shirt. He also made us a logo, which is a Mark IV Marine helmet with, like, headphones, like, broadcasting out. He's just an awesome dude. Like, I don't, like, if you need commission work, if you need anything done, like, 40K-wise, and, like, 
you dig his style, d- hit him up. It's like he's so good at what he does. Like, and he's fast. He's like such a quick turnaround. I don't know if maybe because like he's really good friends with Ryan, and so like he can just you know like he does it faster, does it more special for him. But he was quick for us. Super. I think. I mean, I don't know if it's normal. I mean, he said he he just had some time to work on it for sure. You know, for us, he's like, oh, I got a lot of time. It'll be good. I'll have it done. You know, whatever. So I mean, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't know if that's prototypical or not. But you're definitely going to get uh, quality work, you know, when you use him. Um, he's done posters and all kinds of stuff for us in the past. And, I I mean, I've never been unhappy. Dude, I asked him. I was like, I was like, hey, man, uh, how can I get a hold of more of your posters? Because, like, I really want all of his posters, like, lining my walls because they're so cool. And he's like, oh, I have some extra. He goes, we can make you one. He's like, I can make you a poster. And I was like. Uh, it's not necessary. He's like, well, what army do you play? I was like, Blood Angels. He's like, well, yeah, do you play any like specific style of army? I was like, well, I mean, it's a all dreadnought army. He's like, I'll see what I can do. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, <I can't. laughs> like it's like I don't. What am I supposed to do with this like erection now? Like, what's what's supposed to happen? He he's making posters for our uh, November fifth event, so. That's the cool thing is guys that come to our event, like we have him make a poster for all of our events and we only have like, you know, 40 or so printed. And they're like, you know, those are the only 40 in existence, but they're awesome. And the last event we had, he did those night Lord ones, which I, you know, I sent you a couple copies of to give to Jay and guys like that. Yep. And then the, one of the years for Budokan, he made like a orc Mad Max themed one. And I sent one of those to Josh. Um, so, I mean, those are all, you know, he makes those and there's only, like I said, roughly anywhere between 20 and 60 of those in the world. They're so good. So. They look so good. He's like just a great artist. Once again, it's Lord Solar, S-O-L-A-R, on DeviantArt. Or you can just type in Kurt, K-U-R-T, Metz, M-E-T-Z, on DeviantArt and you'll find him. Yep. That's awesome. He's got a whole Primark series and everything. He's a cool guy to work with. Definitely hit him up for a commission. Nice guy. Super nice dude. It's totally legit guy. So, yeah, I'm glad we made that announcement. Hopefully, uh, you guys out there who are looking for shirts. Oh, we also have hoodies, too. Man, I want – I was looking at him today, and I'm like, man, I want this one. I want this one. I definitely want – I think I want a hoodie – just with the uh, the Mark forehead with the headphones, I just like I love that simple logo. I just yeah. think it's badass. And then I want a T-shirt with the obviously a T-shirt with the big like full front image. I did I did a little front image because I wasn't sure like how gaudy people wanted to be. But Kurt sent us such a large resolution that like I could make one the full size of the shirt. And so like <laughs> I made one the full size of the shirt. <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure that's what people are like buying because we i mean people are like going for these shirts like crazy and so i'm looking forward to going to adepticon and like seeing somebody wearing this like big ass radio free istvan shirt like full color full everything like (laughs) did you tell them what we were laughing about before so i seen somebody was it uh gene carlo or how do you say his name is that it yeah gene carlo he was asking why like why the marines didn't look like us oh yeah yeah and we we uh, like so if you're listening 
Giancarlo, it's because we don't want people coming up to us and going, why are Jonah Hill and Al Borland Space Marines on your shirt? Like, what? That's what we don't want. Why is the dude from Superbad? And that's how do you fit in that Space Marine armor? <laughs> why is an Al Borland's uh, power armor plaid? <laughs> that's why. So that's why. the Space Marines don't look like us, unfortunately. But, uh, I guess we could have made them look like, you know, us, but it would have... Nah, that wasn't really the... Like, that's not really what we were going for, but... I would have told him to, like, give me a bionic eye. And, like, I still would have needed... Like, I... Because, like, my mustache and my beard are pretty much, like, a part of me, man. Like, I don't... I couldn't tell him not to, like, make... I couldn't tell him to make me clean shaven. And I don't think of any Legion out there that has beards, except for Space Wolves. I'd have just been like, just make me look like Brad Pitt. Or something, <laughs> just, and then it's like kind of defeats the purpose. So just chisel the fuck out of my chin, yeah. like we're like these these like Greek gods. Yeah, in power see, that, armor. see this fucking super round Charlie Brown head I have? Yeah, get rid of that. Like we don't <laughs> want that. Nobody wants to look at that. <laughs> Is that supposed to be me? Can you chisel my chin a little bit more? <laughs> Give me a cleft too. I know I don't have one, but I'll take one. Oh, I also want steely blue eyes. Uh. We're Googling pictures of Ronaldo and shit, sending them to him. Just make me look like this. <laughs> uh, shit's funny. I'm going to, like, <laughs> I'm going to find, like, two beautiful heads, and I'm going to put them on that picture, and I'm going to mm. make that this episode's, uh, <laughs> this episode's, <laughs> like, cover picture. Well, you got to make one Ronaldo. He's, like, the prettiest human being alive, I think. Prettiest man. I don't know who that is. Ronaldo, the soccer player. Oh, I don't even like fucking soccer, and I know who Ronaldo is. Can do. I'll make it happen. I'll be. I'll make yours, Ronaldo, and then I'll make mine. Uh, uh, who's that other soccer player? Messi. Not, not Messi. Beckham. David Beckham. Oh, yeah, that'll work. I guess. <laughs> I don't know why we went with soccer players. But... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, you could do MMA. You could do uh, Luke Rockhold and um, fuck. What's that other? There's a guy who fights in the UFC that has a Versace contract for modeling. <laughs> Al, uh, Alan Joban. That's his name. <laughs> I'm looking up pictures right now, bro. <laughs> this, one's, this one's just got Beckham looking at the camera directly smiling. <laughs> it's going to look so good on the shirt. I can't uh, wait. All right. <laughs> so anyway. We we need to move on from discussing uh, men that we find attractive. <laughs> For real. This is... <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're down to this hole. <sighs> so anyway. Let's talk about some Michigan GT, man. All right. I got some, got some questions about this event here. Let's hear them. So first off, how many people, man? How many people showed up? Like, I want to know, like, okay, because it was it was a multiple like Horace Heresy and forty k track, right? Like, it wasn't right. Just so, Horace I want to say, I can't. Rem- it was either thirty or forty. They had thirty or forty slots at the beginning for people to sign up for. Okay, and you had to sign up for either Trader or Loyalist. I believe they had roughly. 
like around 16 actually sign up. So 16 to 20 signed up. But unfortunately, only 12 people actually showed up. 12 people to the event? To the 30K part. Okay. okay. The actual event was quite large. The 40K, I believe, was sold out. The, this was a pretty good-sized room, and, like, every table was full. They had, um, so they had 30K. They had Kings of War, I think. They had um, Age of Sigmar. They had Ninth Age. They had War Machine. There were guys playing Magic, but I don't know if it was an event. They may have just been playing for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then they had 40K. And the 40K was an actual, like, GT. I don't know a whole lot about the 40K tournament scene, but the way I understand it, there has to be, like, so many people to earn points for, like, ATC, which is, like, the American team. It's, like, 40K Olympics or some shit. You, like play teams from Europe and stuff. I don't know a lot about it. People who play 40K are probably rolling their eyes at me right now. But this fucking you, idiot. <laughs> you have to have a, like a certain size crowd. Like if you don't get X amount of people, you like no matter how well you do at the event, you don't earn any points towards this ATC thing. So, it was large enough to where they they got point which is a big deal like that attracts a lot of these big time 40k tournament guys when your events that large so i know that that was going on so i don't know like what the actual like attendance for the overall event was but it was quite you know i i mean it was easily well over 100 people you know for everything easily um but the actual 30k event was only 12 guys hmm so, which, to, I mean, they advertise it and stuff. I don't, I mean, people missed out. I mean, if you liked 30K, um, I mean, they, it was a good event. Like, it was definitely something worth going to. So, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it grows bigger next year. I know, like, Samson tried to come and had, like, catastrophic events happen in his life and wasn't Dude, able to make it. For real, man. So, I think, like I said, there were several people that had stuff like that happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know why the turnout wasn't like I would expect. I mean, because Adepticon is I mean, I know it's Adepticon, so people are always going to go to that. But it's like located pretty close, you know, and like as in, as in that part of the United States. So I figured the turnout would be bigger than what it was. Hmm. But I mean, just for the 30K event specifically. 10-4. How was it, man? How was the narrative? Like, who, who ran it? Like, is anybody that we know that ran it? Um, no, the guy... This is what was cool. So, the guy who runs the whole show, like, the main guy that puts together the GT, his name is Jeff. Okay. And he is a 30K player, so this was, like, you could tell that, like, it was put right up by, like, the uh, main table. Like, so when you went in and did signups and all that, like, that was all right there. Like, all the 30K stuff was right in front of it. Um, I felt like the 30K tables got the nicest terrain. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, all the armies, like, everybody that came and played 30K, like, all their stuff was fully painted. It was all legit. You know what I mean? Like, everybody had a nice-looking army. There wasn't any, like, weird scab-together stuff. That being said, normally I see a lot of, like, unpainted 40K armies and a lot of bullshit at 40K events. Walking around, I don't remember seeing any, like, unpainted 40K stuff. I mean, most of the 40K armies look pretty good. Some of them looked extremely good, which was, 
pretty impressive to me because most of the time when I go to these 40K events, like half the shit's not painted or it's just primed or it looks like shit or it's Gundam toys. It's not even real models. Um, <laughs> You've seen stuff that? like that. And I didn't see any of that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's odd. I've never heard of the Gundam model. Oh, I played in a 40K event and my opponent had AT-43 gorillas that were supposed to be like Centurions and had a Gundam model that was a Riptide. Um, trying to think what else he had. Some silly shit. And I played in it's another guy that was playing Zinch Screamers that were dollar store plastic sharks glued to seashells. It was like a sea-themed Zinch army. That's odd. No, it's not. It's... Anyway, I don't want to get into it, but where there was none of that there, like every, like it was, it was a nice event. It was cool to see tons of, you know, paint and stuff. I walked around and like, uh, looked at a lot of the 40 K armies, my favorite 40 K army there. My buddy Scott actually spotted it. It was like a Imperial guard army. And he, he took a ton of rough riders and they were like all custom built models. And they look like, like world war one, dudes with the horses and the riders with gas masks with the lances and shit and he made the display board like this like world war one trench scene with all the like tanks dug in and the like horses riding across no man's land i got some pictures of it it's baller i mean it looks fucking awesome so that was pretty impressive i like that a lot um but getting back to to jeff like he's a 30k player and he's kind of like they have their own like 30k club kind of like we have down in indy that they all play together yeah what's up <laughs> you'll see okay <laughs> go ahead talk about jeff dude <laughs> <laughs> what are you giggling you're throwing me off my game now <laughs> you're gonna see it a second oh oh you've made the the ronaldo Sure, I know what's going on. So anyway, <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, laughing. So wait, <laughs> this is so unprofessional. You're killing me here. I'm sorry. Let's get back. <laughs> so, so anyway, like you could tell that Jeff was really into the the 30k thing. You know what I mean? Like he was always hanging around the table. He was taking a lot of pictures and stuff like that um, while running the overall event. And it was nice to see that. Uh, he, he was really into the game and really supportive of it, I guess. How were the missions? Like, did he, did, was like, I'm guessing since he ran it, like, did he ride all the custom missions and all that jazz? As far as I know, yes. And I guess they, like, I guess, I don't know if he, like, wrote every single word of everything, but, but the way I understand it, like, they play tested it as a club. Like, they run, like, little small events, like, kind of like the one I'm doing on November 5th, like, just small, like, local things. And they'll try stuff out there that doesn't have to go off like totally without a hitch because it's a small event and if there's something wrong or wonky or whatever they can adjust it and when they get it right then they they basically try something else out and get it right and then they take all these missions that they've like play tested over the course of these little events that are now tweaked and good and then put them in the gt the big event i'm actually looking at the table right now i went to the it's jeff crawley's the guy Yes. Yeah, I just typed in Jeff, and it was like, friends with Ryan Kimmel. And then uh, yeah. I'm looking at some of the pictures that he has posted up, and these this terrain looks fucking great, dude. Yeah, so they, they had um, – most of the tables were on those uh, – the fat mats. Is that what they are? The the game, U, game mat EU? Yeah, ga- those, gamer mat EU. Yeah, those 
those uh, mats you put down, and then all then they put the train on top of it. He had um, he had a lot of the forge world terrain. He had like a uh, Amphilian base, which I'd never seen one in person before because it's been discontinued for a long time. It was beautifully painted. He had like a big uh, shipping yard, which I know you guys had talked about doing one of those at Stiff. That was the fr- that was like the first table I spotted when I walked in, and I immediately took pictures of it and sent it to you and Pretty. Was like, hey, look, and um, dude, your that buddy was Austin really... shirts legit. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, Austin, uh, for one, his his beard is fucking legit, but his shirt that he's wearing that Raven Guard shirt is badass. Yeah. yeah. He's got the the real long, pretty silver hair. He's always had silver hair. <laughs> silver ever fox. since I've known him. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> you keep distracting me, man. You're killing me. So, all the all the terrain was cool. He had a secret weapon. One of the boards that wasn't a mat. He had the the secret weapon terrain. That's like the the roads, the one by one tiles. Okay. It was beautifully painted, like really, really, really nicely painted. Um, all the, he had a bunch of ruins on it, all that. So all the terrain was super, super legit. Like every, like it wasn't like you see where people just like spray paint it gray and then like driver stone and call it good. Like he painted all the little details, like all the little lights, all the wires. There were like decals on stuff. Um, the zone mortalis pieces they made had like, they printed off the little posters and put it in there. You know, things like that. Like, it, everything was really nice. Like, there was no complaints about any of the terrain. <laughs> so, top-notch. Top-notch terrain. Yeah, dude. I'm looking at this uh, turbo laser from the Forge World tile. The, uh, the Redoubt or whatever it's called. Yeah, that was actually... That's one of their, like, club guys up there. That that was his display board. Yeah. I so that ass- wasn't part of the train. That was his display board. I just assume this was Zach Paget's Ultramarine. No, that so you put me on the spot. I don't remember that guy's name. Damn it! It's okay. I didn't play against him. I wrote down all my opponents' names and I wrote down the team captains' names, and I never, I never got uh, the chance to play against him. But um, so he has an Ultramarine army that looks remarkably like Zach Paget's, and I guess it's because he taught Zach how to paint his Ultramarines. Like, showed him how to use his airbrush. Okay. So he he's kind of like how me and you, like how I showed you that Blood Angel Red and all that. Yeah. So, like, I, I haven't seen your stuff in person yet, but I'm guessing it's going to, like, if we put it down next to my stuff, it's going to look pretty close. So that's kind of how their armies were. Gotcha. Dude, it looks like everybody's having a good time, man. I'm just scrolling through these pictures. On actually, there's a Michigan GT Facebook page, guys. If y'all want to go check out some of these pictures, and you can see some sweet pictures. And everybody's got a picture of. I saw. I saw a Kimmel. There's a Kimmel in there. <laughs> and there's like sweet terrain. Looks like everybody had a good time, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I think. I think everybody had a, a nice time. I might have to try and make it up there next year. Definitely the way to go. But I know somebody you can stay with and ride up there with. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Austin, I'm hooking up with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually considering moving to Detroit, and he has much better hair than I do. So, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> He's nicer and better spoken and more intelligent as well. <laughs> so, you know what? 
you know what? You should just recruit him to do this podcast. <laughs> he's, just, like, he's, he's just sold him to me. <laughs> I just sent him a message. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave off the uh, your games played and all that shit. We'll go ahead and save that for the Eye of Horus guys. Guys, honestly, if y'all haven't, like, if y'all are listening to us and you haven't listened to the Eye of Horus podcast, I don't know where you fucked up along the line. But, <laughs> like, like, sorry. Sorry that we're like your like your starter podcast and <laughs> send you take down. the training wheels off and go listen. <laughs> go listen to the horrors. So Ryan, I, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and announce when Ryan's going to be on there, so y'all can full his, hear his full Michigan GT rundown on the the missions he played and and all that stuff. And well, the, I'll give I'll give you the quick details because I do want like just the overall how it went. Let's hear so, it. The way they had it set up, it was it was two day event. It was you played three games the first day, two games the second day. You had to bring three lists. You had to bring a two thousand point list, a twenty five hundred point list, and a three thousand point list. But the way it actually worked was you built a two thousand point core list, and then you had two five hundred point like add ons to that list. And when you added them on, it had to make one legal list. Okay. So, for example, I built like a 2,000-point uh, word bearer list, and then one of my 500-point add-ons was just Lorgar. Hmm. And then one of my other 500-point add-ons was like a 490-point like demon ally detachment. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> I never, I never actually got to use it, but um, so when you played a game, if you played 2000, you obviously use your core list. And then when you play 2,500, you could choose either of your two 500 point add-ins to add in. And then you, uh, at some point you, uh, played your full 3000 and you just took all your stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So the first day, your first game was 2000. The second game was 2,500 and the third game was 3000. And then on day two, you started at 2,500 and then the last game was 3000. Okay, I see how it works. So, and then, um, so the way the missions worked was he he did it like how I I've been doing it at my events. I, I mean, he we never met each other, so I'm not implying that he copied me. He didn't. Um, it's parallel thinking. He wrote a separate mission for each of the tables based specifically on that table's terrain, which I think is a really cool idea. That's how I like to do mine. So, like, when you play on, for example, his shipping table, that table has a specific mission based around it being a shipping table, and that's going to be vastly different than if you play, like, on that lava table they have. Right. Then he had a stack of cards. So the war, each side had a warlord. So the, the trader side, who I was on, the guy who was our warlord was named Bron- um Daniel Howard, and the guy that uh, was the loyalist warlord was named uh, Joshua Brownfield, and they're both like local guys from up there from their club, real nice dudes. And so he gave a stack to uh, Daniel, and he gave a stack to Joshua, and the the stacks are identical. Like they're uh, so there's like every card that he gives you in the stack has a different uh, secondary mission on it, but each stacks match. So you know, I have one sitting in front of me that I'm looking at. That's it's called the ne- it's the the name is hilarious. It's sweep the leg. 
from Suzuki. Karate Kid. Yeah. And um, it's worth uh, campaign point value was six. So all most I think most of these cards were worth six. Um, and the objective is destroy all enemy fast attack choices. So the way this worked was your warlord would give you this card before the game and you kept it secret from your opponent and your opponent had one too. And you only had one of one of each type of card um, assigned to your like entire faction. So you like had a stack of 50 cards, but every one of them was unique. So it was kind of, you know what I mean? It was really kind of cool. So you, you never it was very rare that you would see the same secondary mission twice like you would you would never have the same secondary mission in any of your games and very rarely would your opponent have the same one twice i guess it would never happen because there's only one yeah so yeah you would never see the same secondaries ever you would never have it and they would never have it hmm and there wasn't, like, a winning and losing. I mean, I obviously, like, if you scored more points than your opponent, I guess you could consider that winning. But it was really just, like, if you completed the primary mission, your side earned six campaign points. If you complete your secondary mission, your side earns six campaign points. If you get slay the warlord, you earn two campaign like, stuff like that. So when it ends up, like, say, me and you were playing, maybe you end up with, you know, uh, 10 campaign points and I end up with eight campaign points. It's not really like that just all goes towards your team total. It's not really like so-and-so won and so-and-so lost type of thing. Very cool. So it's like, did you do like, and was the narrative pretty good behind it all as well? Yes. So every table had like, um, a, like I said, a very like strong theme to it. And they all had, like, a little card on them that gave, like, the war zone traits. So every table, like, on the lava board, you had to, like, take morale checks every turn if you weren't in a vehicle or you become pinned. Um, and if you – there were, like, these lava pools, and if you got either – I can't remember if it was if you were close to them, you took damage, or if you moved across them, you took damage, something like that. So every table had its own environmental effects based on – once again, the terrain on the table and he had like a fluff piece written for each table that was laying on the table. So you could read it like what, you know, what the war zone you're fighting over, like why you're fighting over it, you know, what the table represents. And then, uh, the mission sheets that he passed out had like the name of the mission and then like a brief, like fluff thing about the mission. That's fucking tight, dude. And then the, the coolest thing was, uh, if you go to their Facebook, you'll see they have a giant map of the world and they had the locations named on the map. So say it was round one. And once again, me and you played and we go back to the same scenario where you scored 10 campaign points and I scored eight. Say we're playing on the manufacturing board. When you turn in your scores, he goes over to where the manufacturer is and he writes 10 on the loyalist column and eight on the trader column. Okay. And so that would mean because the loyalist has 10 points, they control that board. So then in the next round, that table has effects that it gives abilities to the faction that controls it. Hmm. And then, so then the next game, if the traders won, but let's say they won by six points, 
you know, now they're going to jump ahead because it was 10 to eight, but now they've won by six. Say, say they won six zero. Now they're going to go up to 14 and it's going to be 10 to 14. So then the traders take control. And then at the end of the overall day, they basically just counted the, the cities or the, you know, the, the zones or the battlefields, like the loyalists controlled this many and the traders controlled this many and whoever controlled the most, you know, won the side, that side won. Huh. So, I mean, I, I understand like how it works and all that jazz. Were the missions dependent on if you were attacker, defender, or was it loyalist or in trade? Well, the only thing that depended on that was the tables, you know, gave you abilities. So the way they did attacker, defender, so if the loyalist controlled the table, then they had to assign someone to that table, and they basically had to be standing next to the table, and then the trader warlord got to look and see who was standing next to what table and then pick a person to attack that table very cool okay and then and then the reverse happens so let's say that the tables were split so say the shipping board the lava board and the manufacturing board are all loyalists the loyalist guy assigns you know three of his guys to those and then he's got you know three others that are waiting in the wings and then the trader guy goes by the other three tables that loyalists don't own and puts three of his guys there and then they take turns then taking the guys that are unassigned and assigning them to whatever war zone they want to attack. That's tight. I have to make pretty listen to this podcast so he can get some ideas. I think that's how we're going to run it anyway. Like it kind of seems like that's, but the whole card thing seems like really cool. We were going to have multiple cards and the fluffer, like kind of talk to you into like what mission he thinks you would want. And like, but offer you multiple missions, but I think, I don't know. I have to send Jeff a, Jeff a little message to see, uh, to see if maybe he wants to divulge some of those cards information. I kept, I kept the, all the ones that I scored, I kept, but obviously I didn't have the whole stack. I, I, the stack was quite thick. I, when I said 50, I don't know how many actually had, but there was quite a few. And they're, like I said, they were all unique. So, uh, yeah, you can send him a message, and um, maybe he'll, you know, you know, send you the, you know, however he created them or the list of them or whatever. But um, I'll send you my mission packet too when we get off here because it's eerily, it's very odd that how similar. Because like I said, I've never met Jeff. I've never played with any of these Michigan guys. It's eerily, the number of similarities are very strange. I'll just put it that way. Looking forward to it. Looking so, I mean, we, it's not like I didn't, I, this card thing is unique. Like I, I've never seen this before and I really liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I guess the closest thing you could consider it is these are basically kind of like, um, maelstrom cards when you do a maelstrom deck, but it's only one card that's worth big points and it's assigned to you before the game. So it's not random. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, Anyway, it was definitely neat. Oh, the other thing that they did, this is kind of a general thing. So the if you beat an army, so say like I played the first round to beat an Alpha Legion army, they had dog tags printed with every faction's logo on it. Yeah. And the, the dog tags are very cool. They're like printed in the Legion color with the Legion thing on it. Yep. Um, so say I beat an Alpha Legion army, I earn an Alpha Legion dog tag. 
and I get to keep it. They gave you a key ring with these dog tags, and every army you beat at any of their events, so it's not just the GT. If you go to any of their local events, they have these dog tags there. So people go to these events and try to beat, like, find the army they haven't fought yet. Like, oh, I've not, I don't have an ultramarine tag. I want to play this ultramarine guy. But if you have these ultra, like, if you have these tags at their event, um, you can, if you have it in your, like, on your person when you play in their event, and you show your opponent the dog tag, if you have the dog tag that matches your opponent's army, you can pick one unit in your army and give that unit preferred enemy whatever your dog tag is that's fucking cool all of our stiff two attendees have uh, dog tags as well i mean not to mention like i said the dog tags just look cool like it was more like i was just pumped that i'm like oh cool i got this cool you know tag with this you know symbol on it or whatever like that's awesome and then the fact that it's neat like it gets you it gets you pumped to want to go to their events and well, I've not, you know, I've not at one of their events. I've never played against word bears, you know, and I, I, I really want to beat this word bear guy. Cause I really want that word bearer tag, you know, that, that type. <laughs> go beat some ass. So it's pretty cool. And take, Jeff, take I liked that Jeff was pretty strict about it. Like, um, so, uh, I happened to, it was two different people that I happened to play against two different armies. So I got a tag for the army. And then in the next game, against that same not the same guy a different guy playing the same army um i i uh beat him as well and would have got a second tag but he tells you you know if you already have a tag please tell me you already have it so i'm not just wasting these things so i told him that but i'm like can i have it anyway like because this is like cool like i know a guy that plays this legion i was just going to give it to him as a gift he's like nope you have to earn it I was like, all right, I'm not going to argue. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Fair so. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really neat. So I, like I said, there's a lot more to it. Like I have, you know, I wrote down everybody I matched up with, where they're from, what the score was. was. I kept all my mission things. I kept all my cards. I have all that stuff, but I want to go, I don't, you know, I want to go over all that in detail on Eye of Horus. So... I'm looking forward to hearing it, dude. Looking forward to to hearing that go down. It sounds like a... I, I honestly want to hear your games. Well, I can't tell you. You have to listen. No, that's what I'm saying. Like That's that's what I'm looking forward to. So, you, Tim, Michael, y'all need to get on this. Y'all need to get them on already. Yeah. I'll, I'll miss Michael or Tim when we get off here and... Um let him know that hey i'm re- my body is ready i'm my, ready my body's ready for your podcast my body is ready <laughs> i'm oiled up and ready to go <laughs> oiled up my pipes <laughs> <laughs> all right man and some lists we gonna kill some lists now let's do it all so right let's let's do this alpha legion thing uh first because it's like i said it's more of a question thing all right give me one second because i gotta pull it all up is that the one from Nick? It is the one. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's from Easy Fish at Google <laughs> Mail.com. and it's spelled E Z E E Easy Fish. I don't know. <laughs> I see it. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Easy Fish. <laughs> no, oh no, this all... guy's cool as shit. Like, if you read his actual email, it's pretty funny. So I want you to read through it, and we'll answer all his questions. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Yeah. Not RJ, but 
Yeah. All right. So he says, hi, guys. Long time listener. First time sender. So I thought I'd uh, send a list for your perusal. Yes, Michael, you too. (laughs) (laughs) He put yes, Michael, too. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) That I've been buggering about with and I can't decide if I'm happy with. This list has also sparked my question, as my group have been back and forth over this and follow-up questions generated. I did read the FAQ errata in the hopes they might help, and I'm still waiting on the response to my email from Forge World. To wit, veteran tactical squads. When purchasing combi weapons, is it possible to select a bolter as the combi part to effectively give you give you a combi bolter? Uh, the idea being for 100 extra points, you have a 10-man vet squad with eight Bane Strike combi bolters and your two specialist options. Secondly, if it were possible, would they act as combi bolters for one volley of shooting only or just be combi bolters? So let me stop you there before you go on the email and we'll answer this question. Right. So in the new Space Marine Red Book. The latest one. The latest one, the Age of Darkness Army List book. If you turn to page 124, that is the lead, that's the war gear section in the back. If you see, it'll list combi bolter and gives the stats and rules for a combi bolter. And then right below that, it lists combi weapon as a totally separate weapon type. And if you read under that, it specifically states, if you take a combi weapon, it may be one of this type and list the type of combi weapon you may choose. And it is grenade launcher, Volkite, Flamer, Melta, Plasma. Is that right? Are you looking at it, Michael? I don't have my book in front of me. That's off memory. And there's also, yeah, no, you say grenade yeah. launcher and Vol- Volkite. So, yeah, you got all of them. Yeah. So the your answer is no, you cannot. These are two very distinct pieces of war gear. If you read a veteran squad, they have an option for a combi weapon, not a combi bolter. And those are two distinctly different pieces of kit. They're not the same thing. So you cannot do this. Does that make sense? That actually makes perfect sense. So, no, you can't do it. <laughs> um, so the the second part of your question about would they fire one volley or whatever, it's a moot point because you can't do it. So now that that's out of the way, now that elephant's out of the room. So it, one one more time, go to page 124. You'll see them clearly, distinctly listed as two separate options. And under combi weapon, it you know it lists exactly what a combi weapon can be. And if you flip back to your veteran tacticals, their only option is for a combi weapon, which obviously doesn't include a combi bolter. So no. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So, having listened to you in Fudge the Augury Scanner Intercept thing, I'm curious to see what you guys have, what take you guys have on this, even if it's just a, what the fuck is this limey smoking? <laughs> so, obviously, I've already answered your question. That That's my take on it, is that it clearly doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and what's cool, guys, is um, if you went to the Forgotten Legion 30K Facebook page here, uh probably last week sometime probably last monday i submitted it probably two mondays ago i had a open forum like a massive faq thread like anything you thought that forge world needs to address uh we're gonna send in one massive email to forge world and i actually sent that off and this was in there 
It was like 22 questions to Forge World for FAQ, so hopefully we get an answer back on that. So we might have an actual like ruling for you guys here pretty soon. So we'll see about that. So I guess he already knows our our well, how we feel about the Augury Scanner. Or how, yes. How you? Yeah. What he in. was saying here, this second sentence was he was he's just said we, after listening to our discussion on the Augury Scanner, I'm curious to see what you guys take is uh, on this combi weapon thing basically he was saying because yeah that's all he was saying okay so but michael you are saying that we we didn't submit the combi weapon versus combi bolter thing we submitted the augury scanner thing yes okay but one of them was in regards to uh on the seekers is the writing correct in the fact that a uh, Space Marine uh, Seeker Sergeant can only take a combi bolter and not a combi weapon because apparently that's an issue. So okay, but yeah, get it. Yeah, but, but that—that's the important thing to note is that a combi bolter and a combi weapon are not the same thing. They have two separate entries and they're not the same thing. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, moving forward, he says. If I could also get your feedback on my list, that'd be great. <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer. I have my Legion Age of Darkness book, but I'm st- I am still to drive my arse up to Nottingham to get the Age of Darkness Crusade one. So this is mostly powered by Battlescribe. Uh, and rip it. <laughs> I have a dwindling supply. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, like, stay up shit, right? Like, rip it? Isn't that that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I want to say, like, that's the, like, no dose, but I don't know. It sounds like a badass drug, is what it sounds like. Is it like the Rhino Seven <laughs> card, like at the gas stations? Rip it, rip it, energy. Rip. Yeah, I'm guessing either that or it's like ripped off the internet with like PDF files. Who knows? Let us know, man. Send us information back. We want to know. We want to know if you're rock hard or if you're. <laughs> just just a good old-fashioned pirate. Either way. <laughs> so he says he's trying to go as fluffy as possible with this while avoiding being steamrolled. Nobody likes getting steamrolled. Uh, the Alpha Legion are up to some shenanigans again with a 2,500-point sacrificial, sacrificial offering list. Oh, you asshole Alpha Legion. So in his primary detachment in the HQ... He's got a. This is a twenty five hundred point list. So go ahead. Oh, that's what I said. I said twenty five hundred points. Okay, I'm just. We had somebody say that we we need to be better about uh, saying it at the beginning. So I'm just double checking, trying to please. please twenty five hundred points. Sacrificial offering. <laughs> Alpha Legion. <laughs> HQ. <laughs> I'm gonna say it in like a what do you call it the. Like Servitor voice. NPR voice. <laughs> NPR voice. Everybody be asleep. Primary detachment. HQ, Legion Console, Delegatus, Artificer Armor, Combi Weapon, Rite of War, Sacrificial Offering, Troop Choice, Legion Tactical Squad, 10-Man, Sergeant, Artificer Armor, Melts Bombs, Bam, Legion Tactical Squad, 10-Man, Sergeant, Artificer Armor, Melts Bombs, Elite Choice, Legion Veteran Tactical Squad, and an Anvilus, <laughs> like I put whip, like their whip is the Anvilus. Yeah. <laughs> That's badass. 
10 man, four with combi weapons, two with melted guns, melted bombs, a sergeant with artificer armor, a combi weapon with machine killer. That's just a solid list, unit right there, man. I, like, I'm, it's just a staple nowadays. Uh, another Legion veteran tactical squad in Anvilus uh, with four combi weapons, two missile launchers with a suspensor web, melted bombs, artificer armor, combi weapon, machine killer. So, what, strength nine missile launcher? Is that how that works? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like free last cannons. Uh, and then a Legion veteran tactical squad and an Anvilus, 10 man, four with combi weapons, two with heavy bolter with suspension web, Bane strike ammo, melt bombs, sergeant artificer armor, combi weapons, and they have the marksman. And then uh, in his fast attack, he's got the three dread claws, which he was using in his elite choice there. And then his heavy support, he's got a Daredeo pattern dreadnought with the aerialist missile launcher with armored ceramite. He's got a Land Raider Proteus with Armored Ceramite, Dozer Blade, and Exploratory Augur Web. And in his Allied Detachment, he's got a Force Commander in Power Armor. He's a Exo Armored Squat. Oh, that's fucking badass. He's, he's building a squat army. It says, this is my attempt to explain why all the squats suddenly stopped happening because they've been sacrificed. The sacrifice. The <laughs> <laughs> it was like a... Alpha Legion's job to protect these squats. <laughs> it's like, well, well, we got to get the enemy out. So power armored squat. He's got the master of world. He's using the ab humans, uh, helots. So all squats and cyber, cyber augmentics, which is actually a pretty good choice for, for squats. Like you got the, yeah. So, so cause squat, so it's minus one initiative plus one toughness on the ab humans. And then cyber augmentics is a six up and vulnerable save. And then you become like a sworn brothers with mechanicum. I think. It's and a, then if you already, if you already have an invulnerable save, it increases it by one um, for squats. I like this one. And I also like survivors of the dark age. I think any would be applicable. Either yeah. of those two. I think Survivor of the Dark Age would would definitely be a good choice as well. Like ab human. Well, I mean, for his list though, because he's not running that many. The Cyber Medics is cheaper and does the job. Like, so like in his list, he's chosen the right one. Gotcha. So troop choice, he has an inducted Levy Squad, which is twenty five Levy Auxiliaries with last carbines, Custodian with a last pistol, which I'm supposed to get. That's supposed to be last pistol. Yeah. Uh, and he has another inducted levy squad, 25 levy auxiliaries, last carbine custodian with last pistol. He has an Imperial in his heavy support. He has a rapier battery, which is two quad mortar teams, which would look badass with some squats. And uh, he took his fortification. He has an Aegis defense line with a comms relay. Uh, so the little, the, so the little allies hunker down <laughs> behind their meager defense, Aegis line pounding away with their thun guns and frantically calling for reinforcements while Alfarius incorporated drop pot and outflank like it's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me know your thoughts, comments, criticism, or even just wildly unfounded allegations about my percentage and spelling <laughs> or my parentage and spelling. All are welcomed. I'd like to say, even if you can't get around looking at my list, either the podcast or the webcast, you guys are doing a cracking job. Uh, yeah, this is pretty much just, uh, I'm really hoping to be able to fly over for Stiff 3, but just can't confirm my availability yet. That said, wild horses and a fucking ocean will keep me from the Stiff 4 if you guys will have it. I'll even bring tax-free tea. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. 
So for starters, man, the idea of this army is fucking hilarious. Like this, like I don't even imagine a very large Aegis defense line. I imagine like ramshackle, like <laughs> just <laughs> the last of the squats. Maybe like not even a full Aegis defense line of like actual, just like a, just a bunch of dead squats piled up like on top of each other. Like, well, that's the Imperial Wall of Martyrs is making the squat version of Wall of Martyrs. Just a bunch of dead fucking squats are hiding behind. Where the fuck is our reinforcements now <laughs> ferris is like good <laughs> bring them in well what do you think about the list in general man okay so i'm not so here's the problem with this i'm going to point out the, the few like glaring issues that he's gonna that he's he has first off the list is illegal straight up so it's illegal because if you turn to page uh 104 of the Legion of Stardis, uh Age of Darkness Army List book that has all the new rights of war in it, and you read this sacrificial offering right of war, one of the restrictions is units that must deploy via deep strike may not be taken. So the three dread claws can't be put in the army because they must deploy via deep strike. Way to ruin his day. Can they come in outflank? They can come well. When you take this right of war, your entire army gains outflank and must begin the game in reserve, in outflank reserve. So, yes. So, instead of coming in deep strike, it wouldn't have to come in deep strike? He could just come in outflank with the... Well, you can't. The Anvilus must deep strike. It has It's a drop pod. You have no choice. And because the right of war says units that must deploy via deep strike may not be taken. So, you just can't take drop pods or dread claws. Damn it. So you're just going to have to infiltrate them up. Well, you can't even do that because you can't start them on the table. Your your entire Marine portion of a sacrificial offering list has to begin the game in reserve. Mm. And it must. And, and it, so you can't start any of any. So the only thing that can start on your table in this list is your allied detachment. That's and then and then when then anything that goes in reserve, none of it can come in via deep strike. What's the benefit of sacrificial offering? Just the free outflank? The, the fact that all your, all your stuff gains outflank. And I believe the allied, all your allies gain um, either fearless or stubborn. I think there's some other, I don't have my book in front of me. It's on page one Oh four of that book. Gotcha. I can pull it up. So, just just uh, a couple other things we can talk about how to fix it because we actually did a sacrificial uh, offering alpha legion list it was either last episode or the episode before this one do you do you remember which one no but i can look it up i can see which okay. which guy we sent okay it to. we'll see see which one that was and uh, i'm just going to tell him to go back and listen to that one and then just kind of change the list that i wrote for that guy to what he wants because it's very very similar to this like very similar uh, in what he's wanting to do. Um, so he can really just go back and listen to that and come up with some ideas and then uh, write us back in with what he came up with and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll email him back and forth and get him squared away. But the other things he needs to think about, so in his uh, Legion veteran tactical squad, the third one down, he took Bane Strike ammo on them, but they're marksman vets. So Bane Strike Ammo makes you AP3 on a roll of a 6 to wound. Well, because they're marksmen, they already have Sniper, so Sniper already becomes AP2 on a roll of a 6 to wound. 
So it makes the Bane Strike ammo pointless. Right. So there's no point in wasting the points on the uh, Bane Strikes. Yeah. Um, Sniper trumps it, and it's better, and you get it for free. So don't don't take the Bane Strike ammo. He can buy more squats with that. Um, also, because he was talking about that in his original question about giving eight Bane Strike combi bolters to... Uh, to uh, guys and all this and that, you don't need to do all that. Like, e- even if you could give your veterans combi bolters, you wouldn't want to give them Bane Strike ammo. You'd just make a marksman because marksman's better than Bane Strike. Yeah. So that that uh, may make his day. So while he can't put combi bolters on everybody, he can make guys marksmen, and it's better than having Bane Strike ammo. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing, because he's going to have to outflank all this stuff, um, a Dorado Dreadnought isn't the greatest thing to outflank with. I mean, it's okay, but the problem is you have to stand still a whole turn before it gains intercept, which is kind of its job. So obviously if it's not on the board turn one, you, you can't intercept, like say your opponent goes first they go then you go and it's not on the board then they go and their flyers or whatever come in and it's still not on the board to intercept and then it comes on the board but because it moved it can't you know intercept so then even if they have shit that comes on turn three it still can't do its job you see what i'm saying yeah so i personally would swap that dorado out for a fire raptor they're exactly the same points if you take a fire raptor with the the uh Hell strikes and the auto cannons. It's the same points as this Dorado. Actually, this Dorado is probably more expensive because he put the ceramide on it. Yeah. And the Fire Raptor is going to do similar stuff. It's 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 very it's anti air. It has a lot of like uh, high strength AP four shots like a Dorado does. And the Dorado can shoot at multiple targets with its missile launcher and its guns. The Fire Raptor can shoot at multiple targets. Um, and the Fire Raptor is probably actually going to be more durable just because it's a flyer, a four-hole point armor 12 flyer, it's pretty hard to kill. So he can take a Fire Raptor. The Fire Raptor has the Deep Strike special rule, but the Rite of War doesn't disqualify you from taking units with Deep Strike. You're just not allowed to deploy units via Deep Strike. That's why you can't take Drop Pods, because they must deploy via Deep Strike. 10-4. Right. So you can still take things with deep strike like uh, jet bikes or flyers or whatever. You just can't use the, the rule. So, but I would recommend swapping that Dorado out for a fire after. I think you'll be a lot happier with it. It's going to do a very similar thing. Um, the other thing I would do is get rid of this land Raider Proteus. The reason is, so it seems to me like he's taken this Proteus and he's given it the uh, exploratory web to, so he can get, get reserve manipulation. Easy. Yeah. The problem is, if you read the uh, rules for the Land Raider Proteus, the Augury Web only works if it's on the table at the beginning of the turn. Then you have to start in reserves. And you must start it in reserve. It can't start on the board. So it, the other thing that the Exploratory Web gives you is the Scout Special Rule, which can allow you to outflank, but the Right of War already gives you that, so you're getting no benefit at all from it so i don't really see of it in the list and he doesn't i i guess you could put and i also the auger the when you take the exploratory web 
Um, it, it lowers the troop capacity to like six or eight. So neither of the tactical squads would fit in it. And his veterans were already in ambulances, which obviously I know they're illegal, but he's basically running this empty anyway, but he wasn't getting any benefit from it because it, since it's not starting on the board and it already has outflank, you know, it, it, you're not, you can't use the reserve manipulation. Right. And then on top of that, he already has an Aegis defense line with a comms relay, which is an extremely good choice. Like that's, that's the one thing he got a thousand percent, right? Because you can put those squats around it and they're fearless or whatever that, uh, they're either fearless or stubborn. Um, you'll have to, I'm, I'll give you a minute here to talk and you can tell me when you, cause you can look at that right of war. So you're already going to get re-roll failed reserves roll from the com comms relay. You can't re-roll a re-roll. So he's not gaining a benefit from the land raider that the uh, Aegis Wall's um, comms relay gives him already. Right. So it's kind of uh, redundant. Now, the exploratory web does hurt. You can change it into the nullification mode where it makes your enemy's reserves roll shittier. But yep. once again, it's got to be on the board at the start of the turn for that to work. So the earliest that he can use that ability is on turn three. So I don't really think it's worth it because a Proteus with all these upgrades is pretty damn expensive. Yeah, for not being able to use it. And it's Correct. stubborn, by the way. They get they gain stubborn. They gain stubborn, yeah. That's what I thought. So um, I think you should go back and listen to that other episode and listen to how I wrote that other list and get some ideas from it. Um, just off the top of my head without, like, because I didn't actually write a list because I just want him to go back and listen to the other one, write a new list based on that info, and then I'll, you know, go through it for him. Um, I would obviously you have to get rid of the ambulances. I would just replace those with rhinos with multi-meltas to put all the veterans in. Swap the Dorado for a Fire Raptor and drop the, the Proteus. And that's going to save you a ton of points. So you'll have a whole bunch of shitload of extra points and then just, you know, for, with those extra points, just kind of take some stuff and, you know, use this as like the base of your new list and then just drop that stuff I said and put that stuff, the other stuff in that I said, and then take all those points and put some new units in. Hmm. I love it. Sounds like a good plan. So I wanted to go through you. this just to like, cause I, I there's a, lo a lot of little things that are like, hard to identify like when you build this list it, it kind of shows like there's rights of war there's unit special rules there's legion special rules and all that and there's this like fine weird way that all this has to integrate to make your list legal like we me and you go through this all the time playing blood angels with their legion drawback so i kind of wanted to go over this because it highlights a lot of that stuff like where you got you know Bane strikes and marksman. How does that interact? Well, marksman trumps it. It kind of does the same thing, only better. So you don't need the bane strike, and then, you know, all that. So that's kind of why I wanted to go into all that. It just has like a teachable thing, I guess. Does that make sense? Right. Exactly. While also helping this guy out. So, Jack, uh, uh, loved your email. There was tons of funny shit in here that I got kicked out. Of, so I hope this helped you out and. Uh, I can listen to that other episode because, like I said, we did a list very eerily similar to this um, and used this exact same right of war with Alpha Legion, 
get some ideas from that, write a new list, and send it back in. Definitely take pictures of your squats, too. I definitely want to see that. I want to see some squat pictures. <laughs> and I definitely want to see a squat wall, squat wall of martyrs. If you can make that happen, too. <laughs> I'll send you a free shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You fish, we'll go. And s- I'll shoot you that episode, and I'll also send you the list we made because we also sent that to the guy we wrote it for. So I'll send you both of those, and hopefully that helps you out. So, what's the next list, Monsieur Ryan? Uh, you want to do Sons of Horus, or do you want to do World Eaters? Let's do Sons of Horus. Okay. Who's it from? It's from Keith Townsend. Keith, where you at, Keith? Old Dog, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, it would have been the one I forwarded to you. Oh, changing the game. That's Ben's. Was well, unprofessional. I feel like a jerk right now. <laughs> if you can't find it, I can read it out. I can't. I can't find it. I'm one of them. Guessing it's in my other email. Okay, that's fine. I have. So like, says, I see. I see like list on list on list. So. Yeah, there's a lot of them in there. <laughs> so he says, "All oh, right, guys." I got it. <laughs> What'd you say? Just found it. Oh, go ahead. You read it. All right. All right, People guys. Up my nasally voice. <laughs> Great podcast. Really enjoy your list building sections. This is the main reason for the email. After a long time 40k player, I decided to start playing 30k at the beginning of this year. I have found a real passion and have gone full on 30k. Nice. I have chosen the War Master's Finest in the forms of Sons of Horus, but I have been having trouble with this list. I have been having trouble with lists that work. Recently, been to a one day event and got my arse handed to me for all three games. Oh man. Here's what I was running for the event Bride of War, The Black Reaving, 2,500 points. He took Abaddon and a Master of the Signal. He took a Mortis Contemptor with twin carries, two apothecaries, two 16-man tactical squads, a sergeant with sergeant with melta bombs, and one combi plasma with one combi melta. Why wonder why 16, man? I don't know. Whatever. Yep. Five Jastarian with multi-melta. Ten Reavers with melta gun, power fist, and three chain axes. Storm Eagle with last cannons and multi-melta. Dreadclaw drop pot. And Horus. Apothecaries go at the tactical squads. Reaver and the Dreadclaw come down first. Master of the Signals goes to go in the plas- combi plasma tactical squad and sit at the back and push forward onto objectives. Everything else goes into a deep striking Death Star that, if it lasts longer than the turn it drops, can be beat face. What I try and do is split them up as I as I charge, hitting up three different targets with a perfect is in the perfect scenario. I knew this was not the most killer list, especially against tanks, but I thought it was really fluffy and everything getting in your face and fast and could do damage in close combat. I did not realize how tank heavy the meta was going to be with everyone having at least three AV-14 and 13 vehicles in a night. Even though I didn't have the best results, I had a really great time and signed up for another event for next year. Bad as. Next year's event is 3,000 points, and with this in mind, I'm already looking to redo my list and have it take a different approach. I was thinking about a drop pod list or the long march out of war. I would be really great for any help. Here's the extra units I have. He's got a Praetorian Cataphracta Armor with Paragon Blade and Kami Plasma, a Praetor Tribune, 
the Malagurus the Twisted, Librarian, a Chaplain, 10 Reaver Squad, 10 Man Reaver Squad, two Six Man Meltzel Support Squad, Six Man Plasma Squad, two Ten Man Veteran Tactical Squad, Six Man Flamer Squad, Nine Man Folkite Support Squad, Rhino, four Drop Pods. Yeah, so he's going the right way, the Drop Pod list. Yep. Two Contemptors with Melta and Fist, Mortis Contemptor with Twin Carries, uh, 510, 10 Cataphractor Terminators, five Tartarus Terminators, five Justerans, six Missile Launchers, a Fire Raptor, a Cestus, a Basilisk, a Games Workshop Knight. The, I will say one last thing, money's in short supply as I have recently gotten married, so if you could use the stuff I already have, the wife would be greatly, would be grateful. Oh, grateful. Yeah. Why do you spell grateful like that? Threw me off. It may have auto-corrected. <laughs> Cheers. P.S. I'll send some picks over to you guys as soon as I have some half-decent ones. We would love some picks. And I feel really bad that, like, that list got handed to it, especially with all the, uh, I guess, man, I really don't see too many AV-14 tanks in my meta, so I'm wondering what meta he's at. Like, where are you, bud? He's, uh... He said it was at Warhammer World, so I guess he's in England. Isn't that what he said the event was at? I didn't. I just saw the. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, Death Star. Recently Especially been to a one-day event and got my ass handed to me. I don't see any Warhammer World word. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't know where he's from. I want to know where that event was. Whenever you get a chance, buddy. If you could send us a, a message to let us know where your event was held, because I want to know where that uh, AV-14 meta's at, so I can mark it on my list of, like, I have a I have a map on my wall, and I have, like, little Spartans and stuff, and, like, like lightnings go in Australia, and Leviathans go in Texas. Like, I have little, like, models I put in the right spot. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Kimmel, what'd you do for this man? All right, so... I wrote a because th- his original list is twenty five hundred, but he says he's trying to take it up to three because the ne- next year's event is three thousand points. So I went ahead and made the list I wrote for him three thousand, and I took what he said and switched from the black reaving to a orbital assault list. Um, and I used so here's the thing. So this is the the only disclaimer to Keith when I, as I read this list off. So he said that he wanted me to use basically everything that he already owns, right? Right. So I did that. The only thing is some of the stuff he may have to break arms or break guns off of and change just weapon, like gun loadouts, like put some combi weapons on guys or whatever. But, I mean, that's, I mean, I wrote him this list with that in mind, so it would be very, it would be, work to do it and very very minimal expense he may have to buy a couple weapon packs which i don't think that that's that bad surely his wife you know will let him spend 20 bucks let me know what extra weapon packs he needs and i think i'll find i think i have some i have a shitload i have a shitload of combi weapons too so yeah so hit us up if you like because i wrote this list i know for a fact you have all the actual models like i said you're just gonna have to swap some weapons around on guys okay so, this is a drop list. So, for his compulsory HQ, I took Malagurst the Twisted, um, and he unlocks Reavers' troops. I think Reavers and Veteran Squads' troops, if I remember right. Um, let's see. And then he said he had a Horus, right? Because he already had Horus in his original list. Yep. Yep. So, uh, for his Lord of War, I took Horus. 
which uh, Horus unlocks Jester and his troops. And, um, you know, he gets his deep strike ability and all that other stuff he gives. And he also has Master of the Legion, obviously. So Horus is what's going to unlock um, the orbital assault for you. So for troops, I took a Jesteran Terminator squad. So it's a full 10-man Jesteran squad. Five of them have lightning claws. Three of them have power fist. Uh, two of them have chain fist. So it says here that he only owns five Jesteran, but he owns 10 Cataphracti. I mean, you can just use those Cataphractis as Jesteran until you get five more Jesteran. Um, it's not a big deal. The, you know, the, they're the only Terminators in this list that I wrote for you. So it, under Cataphracti, it just said they have to be modeled to look different than so that they're, you know, obviously easily identifiable as just Aaron. Well, they're, they're only Terminators, so it's easily identifiable. You're good to go. You said you played 40K, so just find your uh, your orc buddy who has pop top knots and just glue them on your Cataphracti. You'll be good to go. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, he could even take the just Aaron and kit, but like, the ones he has and maybe just do some head and arm swaps if he can get them apart and just convert you know, like spread the pieces out or whatever, if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, or like a, he could go buy five more just Aaron, or like I said, he can just use the cataphract he has for now. Um, and then, you know, just use them for a while. And then when he gets some free cash, go buy, buy five more actual models, you know, and he's not either way. He's not like if he uses the cataphract, he's not out anything. He already owns the models. Right. So the reason I like this unit is because of the Sons of Horus rule, giving them the individual lightning claw, it allows you to take advantage of the dirt. I think it's called Dirty Fighter, where if you've already fought, when you hit initiative one, you get an extra attack. Yes. So um, you I put three power fists and two chain fists in there for doubling guys out and also killing tanks, but I also put the five lightning claws in there to take advantage of the Legion rule. Um, which I think is good. And then they all just keep their combi bolters, which uh, works well with their, uh, what's that new rule they got? Death dealer? I Where they get plus one uh, ballistic skill or whatever. Yes, so, yeah. Death dealer. Yeah. So great unit. So it's a big, big squad there. Um, and obviously Horus will go with these guys and they can do their, you know, turn two deep strike without scatter with Horus. Um, so then I took a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad. Um, they are in a drop pod. It is just a five-man squad. Uh, they start, or uh, let's see, four of them have combi meltas, and one of them has a melta gun, and the squad has uh, melta bombs, and they have machine killer. So that'll use one of his drop pods, and he can use any of those uh, power armored guys he has and just put some combi weapons on them, and he already has the melta gun guy in there um then the his second uh so the just Aaron and then the veterans that's his first two troop choices because malagurst and horus make those things troops um so then his third troop choice is another veteran tactical squad armed identically so it's another five guys uh four of them have combi weapons and one has a melta gun and they have uh, melta bombs and they're in a drop pod and then his uh, fourth troop choice is a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad. It's a full 10-man squad that have marksmen. Um, eight of them just keep their bolt guns, and then two of them have melta guns, and then the entire squad has melta bombs, and they're in a drop pod. 
And then his, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. His fifth troop choice is another 10-man veteran tactical squad. Uh, it's a, they also have marksmen. Two of the guys have flamers. And the entire squad has melted bombs. Oh, the sergeants in all these veteran squads have artificer armor. Sorry, uh, Battlescribe printed this all weird. So all those guys, all the sergeants have artificer armor. Then his sixth troop choice is a Reaver attack squad. Um, it is a nine-man squad, and they are in a Anvilus pattern Dreadclaw. The uh, sergeant has artificer armor. Um, the entire squad has uh, chain axes, and the sergeant has a melt-a-bomb. Uh, one of the Reavers has a melt-a-gun, and like I said, they go in an Anvilus. Then for elites, I took an apothecary. And then for... So they, the apothecary goes with the reavers, and Malagurs goes with the reavers. So the eight reavers, the apothecary, and Malagurs will all go on that ambulus. Um, then for fast attack, I took a Storm Eagle gunship with a Twin Link Multi-Melta and two Twin Link Glass Cannons. And then for heavy support, I took a Fire Raptor gunship with four Hell Strikes and Reaper Auto Cannon Battery. And then for Lord of War, I took Horus. So here's what I love, absolutely love about this list. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six troop choices. So it's going to have six scoring units, right? Okay, yep. And all of these are super deadly. And then because he's got this Storm Eagle, um, I guess, uh, how, what was I thinking there? I think I just took it just as anti-tank, and it's, it's a flyer because he has the model. Um, I don't think I had intentions of him actually putting anything in it because um, he's got all the drop pods. You could, if he wanted to put something in it, you could put Horus in there with the Just Aaron, like drop a few Just Aaron, but I wouldn't. I think his deep strike is better. Um, so I was just using it as like a, a gunship to kind of go with the Fire Raptor, like use one as anti-tank and one as anti-infantry, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he's got five drop pods, so he's going to get three drop pods turn one, and then turn two, he's guaranteed to get Horus on no scatter, and then you know, you're going to roll for the two flyers and the other squads. But he's got uh, the two machine killer uh, melta squads to drop in and kill tanks. He's got the marksman vet squad with the two flamers to kill infantry. He's got the other marksman vet squad with uh, melt guns in it that can either go tanks or infantry. And then he's got the Reavers with Malagurs, which makes them fearless. So they have to die to it with the uh, carry in it, which makes them super tough. And they're going to be good in hand to hand. And you have to kill them to a man to get them off an objective. Uh, and I believe Malagurs' banner is fearless within 12 inches. So when you normally, when you deploy with a drop assault list, a lot of your stuff ends up close together. So you should be able to get a lot of your army to have fearless which is good. The other thing is all of those veteran tacticals all have melt bombs. So you're going to have a ton of anti-tank there. Then the storm Eagle with the twin last cannons and the twin multi-melt is going to have a ton of anti-tank. And then the fire Raptor has the hell strikes, which is a little bit more anti-tank. And then obviously Horus uh, has a strength in Mesa's anti-tank. 
So he said he had a lot of problems with Armor 14, so I tried to write him a list that would punch through a lot of Armor 14. That would beat the shit out of Armor 14. <laughs> and, I mean, and to be fair, this big Justeran squad, you know, like, all these units, if you look at them, other than the Reaver squad, will smoke Armor 14 in close combat. And then the, uh, the two machine killer squads um, will obviously kill Armor 14 at a range. And then for, you know, a little bit lighter armor, or if you're just trying to knock some hull points off, you got the other squad with the two melted guns in it, and then the missiles on the Fire Raptor, and then the guns on the Storm Eagle. So I feel like this is a really well-rounded list. It's going to deal with infantry. It's going to deal with tanks. It's going to be good in assault. It's going to be good at shooting, because all these veteran tacticals are all four attacks apiece on the charge, and so are the Reavers. And then you got the Dirty Fighter rule on top of it, where they actually turn into five attack models. Fuck yeah. Get so, and if you look at it, you got four veteran squads, a Reaver squad, and a Justeran squad, which seems like a really good, like, honor guard for Horus. I dig it, dude. I actually want to run this list by Zach, see how he feels about it. Yeah. So, I, I really like this list. This was the first Orbital Assault um Sons of Horse list I was asked to write. All the other Sons of Horse lists we've done on the podcast have all been Black Reaving. Right. So I, I like I relished the opportunity to actually do an orbital assault list with Horus and stuff. Dig it. So anyway, that's that. So if you don't mind, I don't I don't know if I sent him a copy or not, but if you want to forward this uh to Keith, do you I think you should have his email since I forwarded it to you. I sure do. So hope you like that, Keith. Let us know. And like I said, you you have all of these models going off your list. Um, you may just have to do some like weapon swaps, like I said. And if you just need some combi weapons or whatever, hit us up and we'll try to hook you up. I got tons of combi weapons. We need somebody. The the biggest thing, like I said, that I I kind of like um, treated as rules as a gray area. <laughs> was the Justeran Terminators because the actual Justeran models he only owns five of and I use ten. But like I said, I feel like he can get away just using Cataphracty and painting them red and black. I don't think anybody would bitch. I wouldn't. And if somebody yeah. does bitch, let us know. Ryan will piss on their picture. Yeah. <laughs> we got one of those. We got, I actually got one of those to do, and I haven't been able to do it because it's rainy season here, and I can't get it outside without the picture melting before I get a piss on it. So if I ever get a dry day and a cameraman, I'll do that <laughs> yes <laughs> all right and then we get, we saved uh, our buddy Ben's for last so let's knock his out let's knock out Mr. Ben's let me go ahead and see here you're gonna love this list oh am I oh you are and I lost it I know I saw it. I saw it's in here. It's in the list. It's in the. Keep it up, Michael. Maybe I'll replace you with Austin. You know what? <laughs> Done. I quit. No, I'm good. Well, he he's very 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 good with computers too. I just I'm like you're my safe zone now. <laughs> I feel safe with you. I can't get rid of you. I'm a total luddite. Like I would be trying to like record the shit on a graphing calculator without you. So. <laughs> So we got an email from Ben at Ben Porter Photography. What? This dude's in Austin? Get the fuck out of here. 
No way. Nah, because he's English. I sent it, sent yeah. him stuff. This must be a different Ben Porter. No. No. This can't be right. Yeah, this is Ben Porter photography. Are we getting are we getting razzle dazzled right now? We might be. Do we I, have two Ben Porters? Is there I two th- Ben Porters? I thought the Ben Porter that recorded the beginning of their podcast opening was a uh, Ben Porter. I thought he played Ultramarines. And this is definitely This is definitely not Ultramarines. It's I think it's a different Ben Porter. Well, Mr. Ben Porter Photography, <laughs> you're in Austin. I was like in your area this week. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so he says, hey, guys, so I was wondering if you can give me some pointers. I'm tempted to run a big infantry-based World Leaders Force, but really not sure how to forge it into something that has an answer for everything whilst making use of the new Legion rules that grant that amazing Feel no pain save in an enemy deployment zone. Most of my games are against Alpha Strike Sotsa Horus with Mortar Squad backup and our local meta above 2,500 points is Primark Heavy. I can buy other stuff if needed, but currently going to spare. I have two Cataphracta Calth HQ, one Calth Chaplain, two Calth Contemptors, two Leviathan Dreadnoughts, one Vindicator, one Auto Cannon Predator, one Dreadclaw Drop Pod. Two Land Raider Phobos, two Apothecaries, ten Cataphracti, forty Mark IV Kalth Marines, one Typhon Tank. Also, when it finally drops, Prospero Box, but who knows what's in there. If you guys have some suggestions, I'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to hear them. So, bam. So this is this is what people, they need to realize this. When they write, I can buy other stuff if needed. They don't even need to send me a list of what they have because I'm just going to write what I want. I'm just, just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me free license because I will take it. You have to you have to present me with hard boundaries if you don't want them broken. So in all seriousness, though, I wrote this list the way I did because I feel like this is the absolute best way and really the pretty much the only logical way to take the maximum advantage of this new right of war for world eaters where they get the feel no pain in the enemy deployment zone. Uh-huh. And I, I'm pretty sure Michael knows where I'm going to go with this. Like yes. just be saying that. So let's just switch to the list here. So, I mean, what better way to uh, get in your opponent's deployment zone than just to drop pod there. Right. Am I right? That's how I do it. So, this is a I, I I wrote this list at twenty four hundred and ten points, so I left him ninety points where he can do what he uh, wants with the extra points. So let's see. This so I took the uh, Crimson Path Ride of War because that like that's a given. Like that's because that's what gives you this special feel no pain save. So this is a twenty. It's supposed to be a twenty five hundred point Crimson Path list. Path list, but I left him ninety points to take whatever upgrades he wanted. Because uh, he didn't, you know what I mean. He didn't include a list, so I don't really know, you know, w- what he likes to run. So I'd give him license to do take what he wants. So for his uh, HQ choices, I took uh, Gallon Sirlac, which is the really crazy world leader apothecary guy that should go in almost every world leader list. Right. 
Um, he gives four plus feel no pain to the unit he's in. That's really all you need to know. He's a boss. Yeah. Hey. He's a uh, support officer. So you have to have another HQ. So I took a um, chaplain as the compulsory, the actual compulsory HQ. So the chaplain has artificer armor, boarding shield, melt bombs, power axe. The boarding shield is a must. If you're going to be dropping it. It's a must. I, I, I mean, I don't. Let's be honest here. It kind of games the system a little bit. If Forge World knew what I knew, they'd probably change it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to be deep striking into the enemy's deployment zone, then... Oh, gonna... I'm not saying it's not useful. I'm just saying it's a little gamey to have one boarding shield and your entire squad benefits from defensive grenades. But I didn't write the rules. That's how it works. I just, I just picture there's like two cans of bear mace inside the boarding shield. And so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like, bear mace fucks up everybody. I mean, the problem is, like, Centurions can only buy a, con- uh, ref- a conversion field or convert. What is it? Yeah, conversion field, right? Yeah. So that's only a five up save anyway. Well, Boarding Shield gives you a five up in close combat, which, if you're building an assault army, that's where you should be anyway. So it's really the same save for the same points, but you get the added benefit of giving your entire squad defensive grenades. Yep. So I, it's like a no-brainer upgrade. It's like, okay, yeah. So anyway, those are the two HQs. So then uh, for troops, it's a – the first troop choice is a seven – I hate how Battlescribe does this. Why can't you just include the sergeant into the total? So I think it's a 17-man um, squad. The sergeant has artificer armor and melt-a-bombs, and they obviously take chain axes in place of their... Uh... So th- these guys all just have bolt pistol chain axe because you get chain axes for free. Yep. Um, and then I took another Legion tactical squad, and it's a 19-man and they all have bolt pistol chain axe. The sergeant has artificer armor and melt bombs. Then I took an apothecary detachment that has three apothecaries. Um, they all have artificer armor and they all trade in their chain sword for chain axes. Then I took a Legion Terminator squad. It's a five man. Uh, two of them have chain fists. Two of them have power fists. Um, and they're in uh, cataphracty armor. Uh the sergeant has a power fist and where's it at? These guys are in a dread claw. I think I bought it as a fast attack. Yeah, I did. Um, you can take it as dedicated, but I bought it as fast. That way you're pretty much 99% of the time going to start them in it. But for whatever strange reason, if there's a weird situation going on, you don't, you don't have to because it's not dedicated. And he had no fast attack slots taken up in this list. So I thought, why the hell not take it separate? There's no reason not to. Um, so anyway, uh, the third elite's choice is a veteran tactical squad. It is a full 10-man squad. Where's the... Did I mess this up? Hang on. One, two. Oh, by the way, this is uh, our buddy Ben Porter. It is Ben. Yeah, yeah. The smug mug I was looking at was another Ben Porter photography. But I found Ben Porter photography, and he's not in Austin. So 
I found him. So yeah, we're not getting the razzle dazzled. We're it, it is the guy. It's Ben. Okay. So anyway, back to it. All right, are we ready to go? Yeah, we're going. We're, we're, we're live. We're live again. Yeah. You right. guys didn't realize, but they just cut off and we're back in. We're back in. All right. So it would have just happened. It happens all the time. You guys don't even realize that like we cut out and cut back in all the time. Yeah. But uh this time Ryan was very obvious about it. So Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> Go ahead. So anyway, so we got the apothecary the three apothecaries and then the Terminator squad in the Anvilus. Then you have a, a nine-man uh, veteran tactical squad, and they trade in all their uh, chain swords for chain axes, so they're going to have bolter, bolt pistol, chain axe. And the entire squad takes melt bombs. The veteran sergeant has artificer armor. And then your fourth elite choice is another nine-man veteran tactical squad. Uh, the, both of these squads are marksmen, if I didn't say that. Um, so it's another nine-man veteran tactical squad with marksmen. The entire squad has melt bombs. The veteran surges artificer armor, and they take all their get rid of all their chain swords for free chain axes. Uh, then for fast attack, you take that anvilus that I discussed that you put the terminators in. Then for heavy support, you take two charybdis assault claws. And then for your lord of war, you have the man himself, the primarch Angron, and he's uh, and he unlocks. Yeah, he unlocks the uh, Rite of War Crimson Path. So, how this works. You take Angron, and you take Galan Serlac, and you put him, put both those guys in the smaller of the two uh, tactical squads, the 17-man. So, you, Angron takes up two slots, uh, Galan takes up one, and so that's three. And then the other 17 are taken up by the tacticals, and they all go into Charybdis. And then the second Charybdis is full of the 19-man tactical squad and one of the three apothecaries. Um, then the other two apothecaries go in the veteran tactical squads. By the way, those veteran tactical squads were 10-man. Once again, I thought they were going in pods, but they're not. I took marksmen because they outflank. So they are full 10-man squads, and the apothecaries go in and make them 11, and they're going to go in outflank. So the idea is you can outflank these two squads and they'll just come in to your deployment, your opponent's deployment zone and get the feel no pain immediately. Um, and then the Terminators go in the Anvilus. So you need the Anvilus because you need a third drop pod. So both your Charybdises come in turn one. And then when it comes in on turn two or whatever, you can also drop it in the deployment zone. Just so the idea behind this list is turn one, you're going to get two Charybdises full of Psychos that drop immediately into their deployment zone. The big squad with Angron in it is going to have a three-plus feel-no-pain save <laughs> because Galen Serlac gives a four-up, and then it goes to a three-up because of the right of war. The other thing it does is anybody with it will not die uh, increases it by one, so Angron goes from a five-up it will not die to a four-up it will not die. Yeah, no, I'm listening. So imagine, so what you do is you get Angron out and you kind of tank with Angron because he can't be instant death and all that stuff. And he's going to have a four up, a three up armor, four up invul, and then a three up feel no pain save. And so you can tank and put a couple wounds on him. And then once he gets one or two wounds on him, then you can start lookout Surin onto basic dudes that have a three up feel no pain or however you want to do it. 
but you can always put a few wounds on Angron because 50% of the time he's going to get it back at the end of your turn. Right. And then um, the other big tactical squad is going to have a four plus feel no pain because they have a normal apothecary um, plus the, uh, the special rule that increases it by one. And then on turn two, you're going to roll for your reserves, your veteran tacticals. Hopefully you can outflank and just come in from the board edges directly into their deployment zone. So you're going to have two veteran tactical squads that come in that both have four up, feel no pain because they have apothecaries in there. And then your terminators will hopefully deep strike in and uh, they don't have an apothecary with them. So they're just going to have a uh, six up, feel no pain. But the main reason for them is just provide you another hard-hitting unit that's fairly cheap to get that third drop pod to get the Charybdis' turn one. Mm. I dig it. Oh, also, that since I forgot, the Chaplain, I put enough spots in the drop pod. Maybe this is only... Goddamn Battle Scribe. Anyway, Gal and Sirlac, the Chaplain, and Angron all go with a tactical squad in the Charybdis. So he's, it's going to... Uh, or no, the Chaplain... Yeah, that's how that works, because that gives that whole squad uh, hatred and defensive grenades. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So then, um, so this unit, if you think about it on the charge, those tactical guys have rage, so they're going to be four attacks a guy on the charge. And then with that one rule that Gallon Sirlac unlocks, where he gives it to all the apothecaries, you can um, increase all their attacks by one and then you like lose a d6 guys or whatever or take wounds um so you can end up getting these guys having five attacks a piece on the charge at strength five because they all have chain axes yes sir and this whole entire army has like three up and four up feel no pain so there's a lot of synergy here and it's all protected fucking drop ships so yeah and then like yeah you shouldn't you have to use your Feel no pains because you'll be too busy beating face in combat. But if you do get out early and slaughter your unit, you will have a pretty good chance of staying alive with all your feel no pains. Also, the other good thing about this army is all of this stuff scores. Every single one of these units score. Mm. Both tactical squad score, the Terminator squad scores, the veteran tactical score. Um, and it all is going to get in your deployment zone in a hurry. None of that red butcher shit. Yeah, I mean, Red Butchers are okay. I just felt like um, just the normal Terminators to make them cheap because it's something, if you take Red Butchers, you definitely don't want to leave them in reserve type of thing. So I took the cheaper Terminators so that you can get the two Charybdis' turn one. And like I said, he's got 90 points left to spend. So he could put, you know, power weapons on some of these veteran tacticals. You could put, you know, more power fists or chain fists in the Terminators. Uh, you could put, you know, whatever. There's a lot of options. You could put more war gear on the uh, chaplain, whatever you want to do. For sure. So I what do you think it. about that list? I think it's brutal, man. Uh, I The only other all-infantry world leader list I've seen is Ryan Weber's. That's one of our local guys. He's in Houston, and he runs all uh, jump infantry. And I've the only time I played against him, I basically shot him to death like I, I unloaded on his units before they got to me but a list yeah he kind of broke up there but yeah they couldn't get there fast enough 
Like it, yeah. there were there were twenty man blobs of assault marines, and yeah, I could whittle them down. This dropping a charybdis in my fucking face and unloading two, yeah, two, two charybdises in my face and making them poop out three plus and four plus feel no pains on me. I really don't know how I would deal with that. I don't like even even my biggest you know infantry killers like my leviathans with you know uh my my death blossoms they just wouldn't be able to to take out as many marines as i'd want like even my best infantry killers like i can't do shit against three plus and four plus feel no pain it just doesn't work like (laughs) it's it's pretty beat face man like this is you know ben you're gonna have a good time all right so the only weakness i really see with this list is it has virtually no ranged anti-tank and then even like assault anti-tank you're gonna have to rely almost exclusively on angron the small terminator squad and then hopefully maybe assault with the veteran tacticals with the melt bombs because all all the like the big um blobs of just normal marines you only have the one sergeant with melt bombs in it and then everything else isn't going to be able to hurt any armor that's over they can hurt up to armor 11 right and he's gonna want to go second on this right because um, it says that most of his games are against Alpha Strike Sons of Horus. Yeah, if you can make them go first where they have to come in, and then you can basically counter how they come in. Because the, the other cool thing about this army is even though it's not like Orbital Assault or whatever, because you're, I mean, you can still start your entire army in reserve. You can null deploy your whole army. That was the other thing. I took that into account because he's saying he's playing against these Alpha Strike armies. This allows him to null deploy and shut all that shit down, and then immediately dump his whole army in their deployment zone where all his special rules were. Fuck your quad mortars. Yeah, quad mortars are going to fucking hate this list. Especially because you can... If you go look up uh, Ryan's Just the Tips on the on our YouTube channel, which is warhammer30k.com, you can get some ideas on how to use these Charybdi in a appropriate fashion to burn the fuck out of some pesky little quad mortars. Yeah. So, friendly little tip there. So. so, that's it. I hope you like this list, Ben. I, I feel a little bad that I've hardly used anything on your list, but, I mean, the, w- your question about how to get massive amounts of infantry across the board in a hurry to really take advantage of that, this is, Charybdis is, is the only way to go. It's the only thing that gets you there. Turn one intact in their deployment zone with a mass quantity of dudes. And the good thing about the Charybdis is, especially if you're playing against this, and, and I always get this question, especially it's like, well, you know, what if I get deep struck on? Well, you're in a fucking Charybdis or you're in an Anvilus, you can turn that bitch around and go. You know, if you're playing against an Alpha Strike Sons of Horus list, they're probably going to take Horus deep striking in because you said they're pretty tar- Primark heavy. Well, Horus doesn't get a drop pod, or they usually don't put him in a drop pod. They just do the scatter-free deep strike. So, you know, once he's landed, he's not moving very far, very fast. So then you just use your Charybdis to just scoot on over to him, burn him up a little bit if you want, and then uh, drop your 20-man 3-plus feel-no-pain blob on him and Angron and (laughs) let Angron do his work and his ablative wounds as well. Well, the thing is, like, if you don't have anything on the board, 
like because he can start with nothing on the board and then they try to drop in they don't have anything to alpha strike but they have to put units on the board right so it kind of like really screws with somebody that tries to play drop pods when you're able to no deploy your whole army see i feel like uh like the way because a lot of our lists like people ask us it's always like yeah man you just want to do good and deep strike in on them you want to do this and that like i feel like we're turning the game into like a gentleman's game where it's gonna be like no you go first no please you go first (laughs) (laughs) please sir after you Uh. well i mean we were we were having this discussion because a lot of people want to build all these gun lines with quad mortars quad mortars scorpus whirlwinds or take these uh like if they play mechanicum they'll take all this long range like shooty like the the cheap mechanicum tanks that shoot like the all the strength nine ordnance shots or the castle axe that shoot all the you know strength seven ap2 laser beam things that like ignore your cover and all that shit and just try to build a gun line and shoot you if you try to like take dudes and rhinos and drive at them or god forbid actually have guys on foot and march at them you're just not going to make it very far no. So you got to get creative on how to get close enough to them where you only have to last through, you know, maybe one round of shooting before you can assault those guys or shoot them with some of the more powerful short range guns like rapid fire plasma or melta or something like that. Exactly. So, but like I said, it's not, I don't think like it's unhealthy for the game because if it goes more that way, then it just becomes like what we, me and you were just talking about where now if everybody starts running drop pods, then it becomes like, well, now maybe I don't want to run all these drop pods because now I'm I'm losing this role and they're making me go first and then I drop in and I have to get out and then they drop in and get to shoot the shit out of me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of all works itself out. It's just, it's one of those things. Um, you Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always ways to counter different things. It's a healthy meta, meta man. It's an ever-growing meta. Yeah, pretty much. So, I don't know. I, I like this list a lot. I thought it was cool. We sent it to you, Ben. Man, I forwarded it off to you. Hope you like it. Um, if you have any questions, of course, send it. Send us your questions. We'll, we'll go and shoot you some answers. We appreciate everything you do for us, man. Hopefully, we can do some a little bit, a little bit for you. Yep. And uh, use some of those, like, photography skills to uh, take some pictures of your models because we definitely like to see it. For sure. So that's all I got, man. I think we're there. We, we made it to the end. It's one sixteen in the morning on a Monday or Tuesday now over here. It's 2.16 two here. Man. I'm still broadcasting from my uh, undisclosed bunker location. That I have to remain at for four more hours. Deep in an underground bunker in the Carl City. (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, Once again, if you have any questions for us, if you have any uh, concerns or you know anything that you'd like to get us to talk about, go ahead and send us an email: Mike at Warhammer30k.com or Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. We'll get back to you. Uh, Of course, we have our Facebook page. Uh, the Forgotten Legion 30K. Uh, you can hop on there, ask us any questions on there. We do get questions on on that as well. Uh, I get a shitload of questions on Reddit nowadays. And see, those are a little bit easier. Like if you ask me a Reddit question, I can usually just pop you a response real quick because uh, 
I'm pretty active on Reddit. So if you have like a question you want to shoot, just go ahead and pop that over. But that's going to be it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to shout out, Ryan? You want anything you want to? Um, no, I just want to thank Kurt again for being awesome, making his cool shirts. Um, thank the Michigan GT guys for putting on a great event. I had a blast. Um, thank my friend Nick for helping me run my event and being my, uh, partner on the road to, uh, keep me company on the way up to Michigan. He rode up there with me. We were roomies for a while. Um, thank my friend Scott for painting up all the, him and Dave for painting some stuff for our club for the event. I think that's pretty much it. That's beautiful, man. That was gorgeous. And guys, uh, check us out on Wednesdays at warmer30k.com. Check out the live webcast. Uh, we do it every Wednesday, warmer30k.com. You can catch our live webcast. It's our other half of our family here. Uh, they just do some painting and modeling. Every once in a while, we'll get Ryan on. He might be on this time. Who knows? But <gasps> we'll see. Uh, but and definitely, uh, if you haven't caught him already, Black Label Painting, that's going to be David Sampson. He does a live Twitch stream. If you're into that sort of thing, you want to watch some badass painting going on, I'm sure David's listening right now. Uh, give him a give him a watch. Go get some sweet sweet painting skills, and uh, learn some tips and tricks from him. He's a great guy. <laughs> so that's all I got, Ryan. I think I'm gonna close her out. Lot of work, man. I get it. It's late there. <laughs> all right, y'all have a good one, guys. Later, guys. Thank you.